1: Started yet? And I'm already pissed off. All right, we've opened up this other room so that way our good friend Bill WD40 can get in there and lube us up for tonight's show. Scott Morian, welcome to Sor Chat. Carla is merling it up. Hi Mary R. And oh, look at that power merle by by uh, Lara there. Wee! You can't merl harder than that. All right, LED, how you doing? Dogman UK, good morning to you. Android, thanks for coming on in. And Dogface Simon, thank you for the super chat as well. We appreciate you, Simon. Thank you. Vanessa, lovey love, nice to see you. Eternity Eternal. Wayne, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, we got like 10 seconds here. Are we going to get this done? Zochito Paez Richards, how are you, my dear? And you know what? That's it. Horns up. Let's rock. From The mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier. By visiting Chive Charities today, you can find them on our website. We got a power show of information tonight as Merle is here for Ghosts of the Great White North, his buddy Isaac, the Shadow Walker, is here as well. And then in our number three, we are going to pass things over to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing for a great, great spooky story from there. We head on over to Little Timmy Seanor, as it's a UFO report tonight. All right, let's take a look and a gander into the paranormal world. As once a month, we bring in our main man, Merle, from the Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia, for Ghosts of the Great White North. This is where we deal with everything spooky and strange, things that go bump in the night, the noises that haunt you, and the monsters under your bed as Merle goes searching for it. And tonight, we got Isaac, the Shadow Walker, with us. He's not sure what the woo is, but he's going to get really really indebted into the woo tonight merle how you doing buddy good to see you i'm doing fantastic dave most importantly how are you doing i am fantastic as well and you know uh, i had a good day today and you're on the air with me always good to have my buddy on the air with me and we're going to talk some ghosts and whatever else kind of creeps up here why don't you take the time to introduce
2: us to our our new guest here isaac this is Isaac. He uh, has an awesome podcast, Hidden in the Shadows. I've been listening for quite a while. I was on his show a handful of months ago. Speaks from anything from missing 401 to paranormal to oppression cases. You name it, he covers it. And has had a lot of experiences with all of the above. Oh, I love How you doing, it. Isaac? Hey. Nice to have me on. Thank you for coming.
1: Well, Isaac, welcome to Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on Ghosts of the Great White North. How did you get invested in this whole paranormal world?
3: Well, I've been living with it for since I was a kid on the ranch I grew up in Texas that's just from story-wise can almost rival Skinwalker Ranch. Um, I experienced everything paranormal, everything happened there. Um, from hauntings from a possible cryptid to alien sightings, um, all in the small ranch in the middle of Texas. Um, uh, and then I just got fascinated after that, but it didn't really start kicking up until after I met my, well, girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, my also the co-host on Hidden the Shadows, Megan, um, when everything started getting more into fruition, because she has been haunted ever since she was born. Um, seeing ghosts when she was a child, Um, Every house she's ever lived in has been haunted, even close to one that I met her when she was living in. Um, She's a psychic medium, uh, has every psychic ability underneath the sun. Like a jack-of-all-trades of of psychic mediums. There's nothing really she can't do. Uh, Her main gift, her main forte is uh, remote viewing. She can go to anyone, anywhere, alive or dead. It doesn't necessarily matter. She can find anyone she needs to um she's also that's what helps us out with investigations uh the paranormal team on the side uh we do she can go ahead and go to that location tell us what to expect at a certain place but when we started dating after we got married the paranormal just was always a daily a daily thing in our lives um and up until about we started the paranormal podcast in june of 2020 um And we met with a paranormal team that in September of 2020 uh, is when things got far more stranger than I ever expected to be.
2: What happened? Let's back up to this ranch before we get into all that stuff. (laughs) Tell me about the Texas ranch. Did you hear that? Rival Skinwalker. You caught me on that, man. (laughs)
3: How I've described it to many people and it's it's kinda of the the main focal point in the early episodes of Hit in the Shadows. Um Ghost Stories Part One and Two are just consumed the stories of just me talking about the ranch. But it's a small piece of land, um, that we've never figured out why it's haunted. It's outside a small town of Blanco, Texas, which is north of San Antonio. Um not not a lot going on. I tried to find any histories on it. We couldn't really find anything. The only thing I know for sure is that there's a large tree um, when you go down the driveway. There's a dirt path that's fenced off on both sides, like straight and d- or direct ninety degree angle. You make a, a, a right turn, then another left, and boom, you're on the ranch. But when you make that final left, right on your right hand, there's a giant um, oak tree, I guess, with one log branch that comes out. It has a ring um, like worn into one of the, the biggest branches. Uh, looks like an overusage of ropes going up and down, up and down over ever how many years, but it hasn't been used for ever how long. Um, looks a lot like hanging trees looked like from uh, historical sites that I've seen. So it could possibly be used to hang people back 1800s before anyone owned that property or that land. My grandfather didn't actually buy it until 1960s. Um, so it wasn't actually in his name until the 60s. So other than that, it was just kind of empty area. No one really used it. Um, but no, paranormal things that happened to me when I was a kid. Uh, seeing a giant shadow walk past my window, blocking out the moonlight. Um, hearing something run around our trailer uh, faster than any deer I've ever heard. Hmm. Um the cryptoid, cryptoid thing that I possibly heard, that was the most intense. Um, that happened when I was like, I want to say nine or ten. Um, it was a summer. We were all in the house. We started hearing, and we had the windows open because it was hot and we didn't have AC. Uh, and we kept hearing this screaming, screeching noise that I only, my young self could only figure out to sound like a, uh, like a pterodactyl.
2: The best oh way my. I described
3: to myself when I was a kid, uh, and it kept getting louder and it kept getting closer. It kept getting louder, it kept getting closer. It sounded like it was miles away, but it oh kept my- coming directly towards the house. And it got so loud and so- at such a point, my mom basically like yelled at my dad, "Go deal with that." So he went outside with his uh, forty four Magnum and just I guess the fire direction. And I I basically opened the back door to see where where he was shooting. And I couldn't see anything because it was like getting dark. And then he just goes, "Boom, boom, boom!" Fires like all six shots in the direction where it is. And immediately the sound cut off, and you hear running away. But <laughs> the running, how it sounded to me, was extremely strange. It was like it had a very long foot. Like you would hear the heel hit the ground, and then the the top of the uh, I guess the the balls of the feet slap. Maybe like a like a point two seconds later, it's so like boom slap, boom slap boom, slap, as it ran off. Like, boom, slap, boom, slap, boom, slap, boom, slap. Um, me and my brothers, the next morning, went went out to the sea, because, of course, living on a ranch, is nothing else to do. Um, and we hopped the fence, looked around. All we found was, like, bullet holes where my dad shot some of the trees. But footprints, no. Uh, blood or fur, no, nothing. Uh, but that was the most in- intense cryptid thing that I think, well, any possible cryptid thing that I came across, while living there what do you think it could have been dave what do you think that could be down there
1: i think it could be anything because i believe there are these skinwalker ranch type farms and ranches all over the place and you know like up here in mission british columbia that's where i had the majority of my uh of my experiences was at my friend's 10 acre farm and I don't know what it is about farms that, that brings out this this natural, paranormal, supernatural energy. But nothing of what you're saying, Isaac, is surprising to me. It, it seems like I'm, I'm listening to you speak, and I'm like, yep, I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand seeing a, a cryptid or something flying above. I could totally get that. I mean, it's just weird how a lot of these acreages, Tend to have this strange energy.
3: Yeah, and one of the things is, like, cause I lived on a ranch till I was about twenty-one. I think I moved out on my own for a little bit, but I had to move back because I switched jobs. But uh, my grandparents or had ten kids uh, from the ages of thirty-five to about sixteen um, age range. So they had ten kids in that time, but. They had so many kids, they had to build an extra building with a two-story concrete building that basically was just bedrooms and one bathroom on the first and second floor. So my grandparents rented out the top floor to me and my brother, who, of course, too old, graduated high school, wanted our own space, but not lived too far away from home. So we shared. We, we both had our own room up there and our own bathroom up the upstairs. Now, uh, we both worked overnight. Uh, we did that for 10 years <laughs> Almost, I think. I think uh, I did overnight work for. No, I did overnight work for about eight years, so it was a, it was a long time. Uh, and one of the interesting things is that happened, or the little scariest things, I guess, came face to face with something. Was I was having? I kept. I set my alarm to go off, and my nightstand is right on my right side, and I hear, "Get up, get up!" And I was like, I was half awake, and I I was like, "Was oh, someone telling me to get up?" And I hear, get up. And then I hear in a in totally different tone of voice, like very low, get up. And then slam my nightstand. And when I heard the slam, I literally woke up. And I see my my water bottle that's on the uh, nightstand, like rattling. It like, was like a massive, like someone hit it. And when the instant of me opening my eyes to the loud, get up, for the split second, what I saw was a girl, maybe nine or ten, right, a little girl, uh, in a Victorian dress, very frilly, very lacy, but everything was black. Her skin was black. Her hair was black. Her dress was every inch of it was black, like a shadow figure. But you can detectively see the details in the dress. And I go to my brother, who is literally next next door. I just open my door, go to his uh, down the hall to his room. He was awake, and I told him, "Hey, you won't believe what happened to me." I, I t- explained the whole story to him and he was like oh you saw her too i was like what do you mean i saw her too (laughs) and he was like oh yeah i saw her at the foot of my bed the other night i was like what why didn't you tell me he's like i don't know i just i guess i forgot to tell you i'm like that's that's some scary shit you gotta tell me but uh no that was about the most intense thing i ever saw while living there hearing things all the time voices knocking on doors whispers stuff like that it's like anything and everything paranormal i think happened to me there but the most intense was not nothing that ever happened to me is what happened to my friend. Hmm. Now I had, uh, in high school, I had a few friends who, uh, I told stories to everything I told about my, all those paranormal things happened to me on the ranch and they knew, they knew all the stuff I told them. They were scared to go. But one evening, um, I was hanging over with one of my friends, Stephen, and, uh, and Matt and we, uh, we were going to, uh, I was staying overnight at his house cause we were just going to church the next day and he was like, Hey, you just want to stay over. So we just go from here. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I need to go home and get some stuff. I'm like, okay, let's go. So we all get in his car. We drive all the way to my ranch, which is out in the middle of middle of nowhere. They lived inside town. I lived about 15 minutes outside town where there's no street lamps, barely any houses, just highway and woods and open fields. Right. Very dark. And they get pulled to my house, and I notice the porch lights not on. I'm like, oh, great, I gotta turn that on on the way out, otherwise, I ain't gonna see where we're going. And me and Steven get out, and Matt, who's in the shotgun position, stays in the car. And I say, what are you doing? Let's go. It's like, no, I'll stay here. It's cool. It's like, are you sure? Right? Because I told him the stories, and he's like, no, 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 that's fine. I'm cool. I'm like, all right. So me and Steven, go in, get some of my stuff, and then talk to my brother for like a little bit. I tell my mom, she's like, That's fine. Uh, we were maybe inside of all of three minutes, maybe five, pushing it. And as I'm walking out, I'm like, Oh, turn the porch light on. So I flick the porch light on, we walk outside, I get outside, Matt is now in the back seat, freaked out like freaked out big time, right? And we're like, what are you doing in the backseat? Like, get in the car. I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, get in the car right now. He's all screaming and yelling at us. I'm like, all right. I just throw my stuff in the truck. And we get in as we're driving away. He tells us no more than like 10 seconds of his inside the house. He hears like a hoof stomp off in the distance. And then it, re- and it starts again right next to him, right next to the car. He looks around like, all right. And then he hears it off in the distance then right next to the car then off in the distance, then right next to the car. Mm -hmm. You know, it kept repeating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for like maybe 20 seconds. Then he jumps in the back seat so he can see everything. And then it keeps repeating and it stops. And then it sounds like something's walking to the car. He gets freaked out, jumps down in the seat, like gets in like in the fetal position because he doesn't want to see anything. And then he hears like a tink, like one long nail scratching on the side of the car. He was said he was about to start honking the horn when I flicked the porch light on. And we walked out there. And uh, he was saying he didn't know what the hell it was. We got back to uh, Steven's house nighttime at this point. We go outside and put a flashlight on the car. And we find a very, almost like someone had a needle and stuck it to the side of his car. scratched from one end to the other.
1: Damn. Yeah. That's wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the old pinstripe.
3: Yeah, uh, come to say they never came to the ranch again.
2: No. <laughs> Question for you both, because like I've interviewed a lot of people where I, I call it the trifecta effect. A lot of properties like this, they have parent like ghosts, aliens, and cryptids Why do you think that happens? What causes that? That's something I'm really been struggling like or researching. You have,
1: no offense, you have been struggling with it, Merle, but I understand I know. why.
2: On my journey, Dave. I love it <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I just want to know why you think that happens like that.
3: well, from my experience from least haunted locations I've investigated and stories I've heard from other people. It's just the idea of being out there, and most of the time, some parts of the country you don't know what that land was used for prior to someone living there. I mean, that could have been battlefield, that could have been mm-hmm. used for witch Covens. that could have been. Uh, something you know, heavy in the in the ground with like certain kind of rocks or soil that's very electric magnetic energized. Um, since what we suspect with my ranch, because te- in Texas, especially that area, there's a lot of limestone, mm-hmm. and limestone is a natural um, stone for was it housing energy or creating it? I can't remember which one. Um, but also, who knows what could happen there prior to someone moving there.
1: Mm -hmm. The reason why Merle asked that is I'm a kind of guy who I believe that everything is part of the phenomena, whether it's cryptids, whether it's UFOs, aliens, near-death experience, consciousness, ghosts, spirits, hauntings, and everything. And that's just where my opinion and research has led me to, even though I'm not really a researcher. And Merle has always been very vexed to keep the paranormal, the paranormal, the the cryptids, the cryptid world, and the UFO guys over there. Even though he's seen UFOs, had cryptid experiences, potentially seen or not seen an alien, and all of his paranormal experiences. So, you know, I'm watching him kind of slowly morph into something that he doesn't want to be
2: but it's pushing him in that direction. Look at the shirt, Dave. UFO. I love it, I love it. It's funny going on an investigation with Dave. This is just a sidebar. I'm going in looking for ghosts, right? That that that's my mindset. And then Dave's like, "There's a there's Bigfoot. He's around here." I'm like, "Dude, ghosts." And I, I try to switch my mindset of we can do more than just one thing at a time. <laughs> But you yeah. also have to
1: be committed to what the area is telling you, don't you, Isaac?
3: Yeah, you can't just ignore it for what it is. I mean, if there's Bigfoot sightings, and you have to add that in fruition. But it also doesn't mean there isn't multiple things in one
2: location. That's true. And yeah. these, these are things where we're dealing with up here. And especially when I've gone out on investigations with Dave, You never I call it a paranormal smorgasbord. You never know what. Sort of creature comes out, Samantha. but did, you said you had alien experiences or UFO experiences at that ranch as well.
3: Yes, um, one of the experiences is that in this building that I, I lived in for a couple of years, um, we called them called it the pink building when we were kids, but I think my grandfather painted it yellow. Anyway, the, the building where the rooms were, uh, they had a, a porch on the outside, no more than maybe five by five feet. Uh, we had just basically two lawn chairs on there, and then you would sit and you could out see the rest of the land and, of course, open sky because there's no light pollution. And we had a friend who lived with us for a little bit um, in one of the other rooms, and he he was always smoking, so he's always on the porch sitting there. I would go out there, we just have talks. One of those talks, we're out there, all of a sudden, he goes, what is that? And I look behind me, and I see three lights moving in a perfect line, Right. And me thinking, oh, it's like like jets or it's planes, right? Maybe they're flying in perfect order. But they slow down and almost stop and then switch to a triangle pattern and then fire off faster than anything I've ever seen.
4: If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Now, for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you, and review important safety information at inspiresleep dot com.
2: Hmm. That's I'm. Um, that's what I'm. I'm struggling with the the extraterrestrial stuff. That's the stuff I've been been learning a lot about lately. Um.
1: Everybody got aliens, date. Merle. Everybody's got a little bit of aliens in them. Let's just be honest, <laughs> Isaac. This farm. How long? Was it in your life, and how long did the experiences last for?
3: The entire time I lived there. Like I said, I think we I moved onto to that ranch when I was five. Uh, I lived there until I was about 22. Moved out, moved to San Antonio. It was about an hour away. I would go there through family events and holidays and stuff like that when my grandparents were alive. Uh, it's still there, still in my family's name. My father still lives there. My uncle still lives there. I think I have an aunt who lives there now as well. kind of like tending to where my grandparents used to live uh, or where they did live when they were alive. Um, And I think every time I went back, but it's been almost, I want to say seven years since I've been back. Uh, And believe me, it is on my my to-do list of places to investigate ever since now that I've been a, a paranormal investigator. Just for everything that I've learned, and the ability that I gained that I've been using in the last three years.
2: Hmm. What do you believe... How long have... Oh, so, go
3: ahead, Dave. Sorry, uh,
1: we only got about a minute to go here. How? Lo... What do you believe now? What do you believe everything is when you look at it?
3: I mean, what's haunting the
1: ranch? Anything, the entire phenomena.
3: There has to be some kind of energy source there. And what I learned about another location that had... Alien activity, cryptids, uh, possible, uh, we call it demonic activity, hauntings, all the situation is that uh, the one other place that had a lot of sinkholes. And inside these sinkholes was some kind of, best way to describe it, is primordial evil that was embedded in the land. And the other location that had the same amount of activity. Same situation, but not a sense of primordial. Almost something was imprisoned there that was generating enough energy to attract all this stuff there. So what I'm thinking is that there's something buried in the ranch, deep underground.
1: Give me one minute there, Isaac, as we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour on Ghosts of the Great White North with our main man, Merle, from the paranormal ghost trippers. Gettys Merle and Isaac will be back. Right after this for the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio.
2: What do you think of Gettys Merle? It's good. Solid, good. eh? Isaac, every half hour he changes my name to what he seeks fit.
3: Yeah, why the hell? Where would that Merle come from?
2: <laughs> Dave, you want to just, I'm going to go take an allergy pill? You, you, you talk about Merle. Okay. <laughs> Michael
1: Merle Morin is his name.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. There's the middle name. All right.
1: So how many people do you know? You know, in the paranormal, when you're always trying to stick out a little bit, okay, how many Michaels do you know? Everybody's a Michael. Four. Okay. There's a <laughs> lot of Michaels in the paranormal, too. Yeah. So I said, if you want to stick out, I'm going to call you Merle. Number one, it's yeah. a badass name. Number two, it's your middle name. Number three, people will remember Merle more quicker than they'll remember Mike.
3: Yeah, because there's three Mikes I associate with, and I had to give them their own first nickname. Exactly. Or to differentiate them from each other. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, yeah. calling him Merle, he's going to stick out. So, yeah, the audience loves their Merle, man. And he mm-hmm. has, much like oh. UFOs and cryptids, he has a tough time accepting the merlness of the
2: situation. The old Merlness is at it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dave just decided to change my name. So now we're Merl. Mm-hmm. Well, I
3: always called you Road
2: Mike, so I mean... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Merl, triple M. Mm, if you, you know, whatever you want to call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want to take the next half hour? What was the last question you just asked, Dave? Oh, just
1: what he thinks of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. That's a big question.
3: And yeah, we're not even into weird stuff yet.
1: Oh, uh, bring that shit, man. Bring it. <laughs> bring that woo. That's, that's what the woo is. Woo. Bring is the woo. Bring weird. that
2: woo. Because we of, still we still got gotta know. talk about the ring. We gotta talk about the oppressions. We gotta talk about your investigations. Oh. There's dude, we only, we only have an hour and a half left. We going to get through all this. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. No, I'm glad you came on. Thanks for coming on. What time is it for you? Is it? It's twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. What state are you in? You are in West Virginia. North Carolina. South Carolina. It's Carolina yeah. yeah. Cool. He's a Tar Heel.
3: Well, not by choice, Mary I said I lived in Texas for a long time. <laughs> you moved well, to team. Tar Heel territory. How many people are actually watching? I can't see.
1: Uh, 175 right now on YouTube. No. That'll crack 200 here in a
3: little bit. I know we uh, posted on our uh, Instagram page about this, so we have probably some of our listeners that are yeah. watching.
1: Yeah. And then we have our radio stations uh we have our po- live podcast network so there's a lot how long are your commercials five minutes at the bottom six at the top okay michael Vieira says i'm here brother i'm here my man there he is look at that mustache on him that's one hell of a good lip blade that's <laughs> that's unknown
2: mike How many radio stations does it play? It plays live, right, Dave?
1: Uh, well, this show technically will play mm-hmm. tomorrow on our radio stations. But we we go to uh, live to tape or live to recording, what they call it. Right. And uh, so it'll play on eight terrestrial radio stations.
4: Hmm.
1: Oh, look at Shane here Look at Shane
2: Period dot (laughs) Here's something you'll you'll like of this about Shane, Dave I'll give you a quick Shane story before we go back on air Um, He's the type of guy that walks around at work Wearing a button-up officer-style shirt But he has the top three unbuttoned Yeah, I can see that I can see that He's that guy Yeah, he's
1: totally that guy. I'll bet you anything there is one of those travel dippity-doo
2: gel bottles in one of his pockets. No, he keeps it in his locker with his other travel-size perfumes.
1: Yeah. Does not surprise me. Hold on, guys. Thank you to Louie Times 2, Simon, Deb, Karen, and Carla for the great Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. And don't forget to join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is below in our YouTube description, so check that on out. And our store is open on our website. Go get your swag. Here we go. second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, you can check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. We continue on tonight with Merle from Ghosts of the Great White North, and our special guest tonight, we have the Shadow Walker, otherwise known as Isaac. He's packing a good, solid beard. We appreciate that around here, and uh, Merle, let's get her going. Let's uh let's take it down the woo train, Dave. You like the woo? I, I I am a a
2: fond fond collector of the woo. Yes, Isaac, throw some weird stuff at us. You said we haven't gotten into the weird stuff yet. Hit us. Give us now, uh, Scott,
3: uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard plenty of. Weird things in your time, strange things to begin with, things that most people can never explain. But I can guarantee what I'm about to tell you, you have never heard about before.
2: Ready? I, I'm ready. In
3: September 2020, I don't know the exact date. It was the middle of the year, middle of the month. I gained the ability uh, to feel the energy of the dead in my hands. Right. It started small almost a tingling sensation, almost felt like my hands were going to sleep. Now, rationally, I was thinking maybe I'm losing feelings in my hands, right? Uh, But it only occurred every now and then and never really proficient. Now, granted, the house I live in now was haunted, but after the last several years or so, uh, we tried our best to make it not. And I'll explain that later. Um, But it started to small in my hands and then it got to a point where I could feel the sensation start in the center. and It would spread out to the, the tips of my finger. The closer or the stronger an entity is. Uh, through practice and figuring out, uh, especially with my wife, because she was kind of the helper to pinpoint exactly what I'm feeling, I figured out that my left hand feels neutral—sorry, uh, light energy, positive energy, people uh, or light beings altogether. My right hand feels negative energy, evil entities, the demonic, you would say. Um, Not only could I feel their energy around me, but I also could pull the energy into myself. Now, I only ever pull dark energy. I feel it wrong to pull a person off the plane of existence if they're just there chilling and, you know, minding their own business. But dark entities, I never give any quarter to, ever. Um, And it started with the pulling the sensation. It felt like my hand was like a vacuum. And the energy I would grab and I would just kind of pull into myself and into my body would become a natural filter. That filtering process started taking a toll on my body. My wife started noticing uh, the right side of my beard and my hair turning gray, like it was aging me. Um, but luckily, I remember on my paranormal team named Mike, because no paranormal team is complete without a Mike. Uh, he had a, a vision or a dream of the King Solomon symbol. Uh, specifically just a King Solomon symbol that was on his ring, uh, which gave me the idea of putting that, buying a King Solomon replica ring, which I have, nothing special, just steel and silver, and transferring the energy that I pull and pushing it into the ring. Now, I had no proof that this would even work. It was just something that I imagined maybe I could try it. So next time I pulled something in, I said simply into the ring, and I felt the energy leave my hand and go into the ring. Now, through a couple of times of practice, or doing this, uh, my wife started noticing that she heard screaming coming from the ring, yelling, cussing, swearing coming from it. And she was like, "What? what is that? What the hell was going on? She said, you can hear it. It's like, yeah, it's like all these people yelling and screaming at one time. And she's like, what did you do? And I basically explained what I was doing. And she looked into the ring using her psychic abilities. And she said to her what it looked like was a giant snow globe with all these Dementor shadow things flying around and hitting like a glass dome and unable to escape. Um, and there's basically one drain on the bottom where everything came in, but nothing could get out. Uh, uh, Michael, my team also, a psychic, he said it sounded to him like a prison, all inmates yelling and screaming at the same time, swearing, cussing, saying I'm going to kill you piece of crap, all that stuff. Worst things you can possibly think of. Um, when my ability was yet to be defined to what it is, I, we had to look around and look for any kind of research whatsoever. There was nothing. And prior to me gaining this ability, I was not psychic or medium at all. No kinds of signs to able to talk to the dead. Nothing like that. And I still can't. I can't hear them. I can't speak to them. I can only feel or touch them. It's like I'm hardline and all psychics out there are Wi-Fi right? They can pick up a signal that's away from them. I have to physically make the connection. Uh, but we met a woman in Australia, uh, through our, our podcast. And I explained what I was going through. Cause we had to find it. I mean, everyone I ever met, I asked, maybe they had more information. And she said, this sounds a lot like what my friend Jane can do. So I spoke to her friend Jane and she said, this sounds like you're a psychopomp or a shadow Walker. Hence where I got the name. Um, and that became one of my six names, which I have six names, six titles, or six names I gained over my entire life. Because according to a past life progressionist, I've been around for a very long time. We'll get to that some other time. But uh, she explained that what she can do is pull light energy into her hands and then transfer it to the other side like crossing a spirit over. Um, but she's a psychic, she's a medium, and this is just something extra she can do. Um, She said she never works with anything dark. It scares her. She doesn't want to deal with it. And she gave me all the props of the world for going against them all the time. So I was like, all right. Um, Through practice and consistent investigations with the paranormal team I joined, I, I figured out that they're not, it's not a vacuum. They're actually strings of energy leaving my fingertips, going into a circle in the center of my palm. Those strings, or cables, depending on what I'm pulling, wrap around an entity like a boa constrictor, condensing and pulling the entity towards me as it's compressing the energy of it into about the size of a ball that I can have in my hand, which that energy I can either force into myself or push into the ring. Um, Those tendrils, I call, um, can make attachments to people. So before, I would have to physically hold your hand, your right hand, and I could go into your... Subconscious mind, which I call the mind forest, because it's always woods. Everyone's mind forest looks like woods, forest, the time of day changes, the type of foliage changes, um, what's in there is always different, all that stuff. And now I don't necessarily have to make physical contact. Like I said, when my tendrils out and I can go in, boom, I can find out what's going on. But it has to be like in real time, real person. Then over practice of doing that, I figured out that I can also reach through the phone, like how we're video chatting right now. I can reach into where you are and pull anything that's there where in your space to where I am here and put it into the ring. Um, through that practice of pulling through the phone, basically, if you can imagine, your phone or computer is where it is where you are there. My phone is here in North Carolina. Regardless if it's down the block, or across the entire planet, it doesn't matter. When I pull, it's like the phones go back-to-back, back, folding fourth-dimensional space, and I'm reaching through, grabbing it, and pulling it to my side. doesn't matter time of day, time zones, or distance. I've pulled from Canada, I've pulled from India, I've pulled from Australia, I've pulled from Mexico, I've pulled from parts of the United States. It doesn't matter where the other person is. The results are always the same. Um and with the the tendril ability to view into someone's mind force it's allowed me to look inside the ring. Would you like to know what it looks like inside there?
1: I definitely want to know more about this ring.
3: <laughs> inside the ring is it looks like a forest after a nuclear blast. All the trees are blackened ash, the ground is ash covered, the sky is overcast with ash falling from the sky. Um the shadow figures are all different sizes, all different shapes. All have some have horns, some don't. Some are yelling, some are well, they used to be yelling all the time, not so much anymore. What it sounded like was I don't know if you're a slipknot fan, um, but the opening track to Iowa, five one five, uh that times a hundred is what it sounded like. Um I say sounded like because again my ability is always evolving. Every time I met with a challenge, it evolves to combat that challenge next time it comes across. So the first time I came across a high-ranking demon. Not an average, lower-class little dudes. I'm talking about one of the high-rankers that you know their name. Um, it was the first time I ever felt uh, an entity pull on the tendrils like they were trying to stretch them off. That freaked me out because I've never had anything ever fight me back before. Because I can say this to this day, out of the 55 confirmed demons that are inside that ring, nothing, and I'll say this to be cocky or egotistical, just a matter of fact, nothing has been able to stop me. Everything that I've grabbed and pulled has always ended the same way. They go into the ring every single time, regardless of how famous or how powerful, how ancient they are. It doesn't matter. They all fall same way um but my ability evolved the tendrils now electrify and i see the electricity leave my hand and what's a cooler part of it is my wife she can hear it she says it sounds like a transformer about to explode that electricity sound of like it's about to about to explode but this is going to be a tenuous buildup. she says when i electrify my tendrils that's what it sounds like and that is now an extra ability added to what I already do. So basically, it's like I'm tasing them with enough energy to light up a city. Uh, so not only can I grab them, I can electrify them at the same time, weaken them, making it easier for me to pull. Uh, and that's what I have been doing for the last three years. And like I said, confirmed 55 demons in that ring. Seven of which are high rankers. Uh, seven of which I can look into the King Solomon um lesser keys a uh, Solomon and find their names. Uh granted he had 70, I'm only 55. I'm hoping to breed his record by the end of the year. Uh but not all are high ranking like he has in, he had in his ring. Mine are just some are like average, some are lower foot soldiers, uh, like that, but some talk, some don't. Some I have to literally torture to get information out of, of why they were oppressing somebody, why they were there at a location, why they were bothering this person, all the same things. And I can go into the ring and do that. I can grab them, I can break their, what they assume never had before bones. I can electrify them to get information out of them to figure out why they were at a certain location. Most of the time, they don't get that information up too easy, hence why I have to do what I do. Uh, but I've been doing that for the last,
5: This episode is brought to you by Pete's. Few things start your day better than a good coffee. That's why Pete's hand roast their coffee from a specific selection of high quality beans. And they don't just put those beans into anyone's hands. Pete's trains their roasters for 10,000 hours so they can master the roast that gives you the most. Pete's Coffee. Coffee for coffee people. Find Pete's online or at your local retailer.
6: Apple Card is the perfect credit card for every purchase. It has cashback rewards unlike others. You earn unlimited daily cashback on every purchase. Receive it daily and can grow it at 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a high-yield savings account. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone and start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility requirements. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply
3: last three years and every month almost it feels like i'm consistently getting stronger to a point now where one of the weirdest things that happened is recently and i say like this like last month my wife remote viewed into the alaskan triangle just to check it out because we were doing an episode on it she wanted to see what it looked like when she was there by the way you think what I'm about telling you right now is amazing and holy crap, I've never heard about this before. What my wife can do uh, is far more stranger and far more powerful than what I can. So just have that thought in the back of your head because I'm going to give you a piece of what she can do. Once she remote views into a location, if she finds an entity that is not nice, she can, which we called body bag. Essentially, she puts an energy shield around an entity in the shape of a bag, grabs them, transports them from where they are, wherever she remote viewed, brings them back here where I can grab them and put them in the ring. Essentially defeating the entire purpose of needing a phone. Granted, the practice is still in the works. She's still figuring out all the kinks, because most of the time, nine times out of ten, she puts it in her mind force, which I have to go in there and grab it before it affects her her subconscious part of her mind. But she pulled something that's looked like the most ghostly thing I've ever seen. It was white. It was semi-wind looking, like it was made of, of air. Uh, it had a long giant cloak, like a giant blanket made of animal fur. It had a hood on its head. And that hood had little horns that remind me of like a, a bison or buffalo. And the face was white, but the eyes were black. That was the entity I saw when I pulled it from Hermione Forest and put it in the ring. When I went into the ring, my tendrils trapped around the entity, but it kind of turned the wind and flew off. I grabbed it again, by I electrified it this time, and I pulled the wind off the entity, absorbing it into myself. Like, I was taking away its elemental ability of controlling the air and wind, leaving behind just a, a black shadow. Uh, and now my tendrils, I can spin them like a tornado, that is all wind. Essentially pulling an entire room of entities in one fell swoop if I needed to. It's a little stronger, a little tougher because I'm not pulling one. I'm pulling three or four at a time. But I can take an entire wall of haunted objects in one pull, Um, which also also helps me, before I had the wind ability (laughs) attached to what I'm doing now, I could send the tendrils in and I can pull an entire building, an entire area. And I did that in real life before I started doing it through the phone. Everything I did, I'm doing out through the phone. I did in, in real, in real life with investigations, but because I was practiced out in the real world, I was able to do it through the phone. Uh, but yeah, pulling an entire location that takes a good toll, but I usually save that to the end of an investigation, just to catch whatever I probably missed, whatever was hiding. Uh, but yeah, I pulled an entire three-story building before, apartment building, uh, pulled a couple of blocks, an entire farm um, that was about maybe 10 acres. That was probably the widest I ever stretched my tendrils out to. Um, but yeah, the distance I would say is about maybe 50 to 100 yards in radius. And I can pull that entire space up at one time. With the wind ability combined with the electrical ability, combined with spinning tendrils, I can get that entire area a lot faster and more efficiently. So, like I said, I'm always evolving with my ability and now that apparently I can take the elemental abilities of other entities, which makes this whole journey of what I am and what I'm doing far more more questions and answers. But the closest we've got to from research is that I'm a shaman, but I'm a shaman that didn't have to learn to do this ability. I was born with it is the best way I can describe it. Um, but when we learn from ancient shamans from like the Aztec empire, from the Nordic, uh, uh stories from even, uh, the, we call it Haiti, Island of Haiti some shaman actually use staffs that they would imprison dark entities in or dark energy to basically heal somebody. Right. So it kind of aligns what I'm doing with the ring. Um, and there's more, I can go into a little details about that, but I wanted to, before I go on anything else, <laughs> get, your, get your two cents.
2: But can we see the ring? Mm. The audience wants to see it.
3: Yeah. Like I said, nothing special. Just steel and silver with a King Solomon replica on it.
1: Yeah. So how does that ring host
3: all of these entities? Now... I've studied haunted objects, and what we know, I guarantee you guys have as well, what we know about haunted objects is that the entity is not actually in the object. It's attached to the object. Uh, it can still manipulate and affect people around them, right? And like from Annabelle to the Divic box, from all those famous haunted objects in the world, they all affect people by just being in the home. 55 confirmed demons in that rank. One alone should cause this entire house to go mad but no one would even know they're there. No one. My family members come over, my in-laws, no idea. And like I said, this house used to be haunted because my wife, again, with her abilities consistently evolving on her end, is able to put a shield around the house, preventing anything from entering that we do not allow, protecting us from consistent attacks, which we were under attack every single day uh, since we started this, uh, war conquering thing that we're doing now, right. Um, by going and taking these things from locations. So things would come to our house looking for a fight. So we had to figure a way to protect ourselves. She put a shield around the house, but no, um, it doesn't act like a typical haunted object, not even the least bit. My best theory, uh, is that from what I studied on quantum mechanics, little that I did study, uh, it's working like a pocket dimension and the ring is the access point to that pocket dimension that doesn't exist anywhere. Hence why nothing can leave it, but I have the access to it. If I think of my ability in a scientific way, uh, I can manipulate the electric magnetic energy around me. My voice has the proper frequency in order to command these energies to move where I say to go. The ring acts as a entry point to a pocket dimension that I've, Accidentally create to put these things in and never leave from. I was asked once, "Does the ring have a name?" And at the time, I didn't have one because I was like, "Well, I didn't even ever think of giving it a name." Um, I just always called it the ring. But uh, after thinking about it, uh, I, I I can now call it "Cien Fergo, which is Latin for "no escape."
1: May I please ask how you? got this ring and learned about its ability
3: (laughs) uh well i got it from amazon so nothing real special um how we learned about it was like i said my the psychic on my team the elder psychic named mike we call shadow mike he had the dream of the king solomon symbol now he didn't know what it was neither did i uh at the time we had a member on our team who was jewish and he instantly recognized it. Like, hey, that's King Solomon's symbol. Uh, and, he goes, and we're like, what? And we're like, yeah, that's the symbol that was on his ring. And I remember hearing the stories of King Solomon about how he imprisoned 70 demons in a ring and all this stuff from my time when I went to church. Um, but researching more, uh, supposedly the King Solomon story was told from all three Abrahamic faiths. The Islam, G- Judaism, and Christianity all told the same story, except in Islam, it was jinn, not demon, 70 oh. jinn. Yeah. Uh, but he used the ring to build he, sorry, he used the demons imprisoned in, in the ring uh, to build his temple that was the thing, he, he lost it some demon uh, shapeshift like, looked like him, ruled in his stead caused a lot of problems, finally got it back yada yada story stuff um, but that is what gave me the idea because it was like, the only other person in history to move, manipulate dark energy was King Solomon so let's see if I can do what he did and yeah, I'm doing what he did But unlike him, I'm not using what's in there for my personal gain. It's just a prism.
1: Merle, we got about 90 seconds left, so I'm going to just ask a quick question here, if you don't mind. Go for it. With this ring that you bought off Amazon, that has all of these mystic powers here, how often do you have to throw something within the ring into that portal that seems to open with it?
3: Uh, at least once a day. Yeah, because for fun, for fun. Like I said, I can pull through the phone. Um, I go swo- swooping through TikTok, and sometimes if a paranormal investigator is doing a TikTok live, I'll reach into their location and pull whatever's dark there and put it into the ring, making it safe for the investigator wherever they're investigating. A um, lot less dark. So, like I said, for fun or in my daily encounters going about with my job, because my job requires me to travel around this entire area. So I might come across something in a day, might not. Um, Something might come to our house picking a fight outside the shield. If it's persistent enough, I'll reach through, grab it, put it in a ring. Um, Or when me and my wife go investigating or when we have a case.
1: All right. I'm going to get you guys to hold on right there. Because we are going to head to break here at the top of the hour. Hard to believe we're already through hour number one of Ghosts of the Great White North with our main man, Merle, from the Paranormal Road Trippers, and our special guest tonight, Isaac the Shadow Walker, hanging on out, talking about some weird, weird stuff here. I tell you, if you like the paranormal woo, this is where it all begins and it all remains. Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, continues with hour number two right after this. Sit back, relax, get comfy. More ghost stories coming up right after this break. All right, gents, we are clear. Merle, Skin Merler Ranch. That's a good one. That is a good one. Skin Merler Ranch.
2: Isaac, that was a quick half hour. I'll be right that was, back. That was good.
3: I've been trying to figure out how to condense it. Because remember, uh, Shadow Walker Part 6 is going to come out maybe in October. Okay. And that's the sixth part of a five-part five series. So I've already continued it into six hours. Of stuff but me condensing out the 30 minutes I just hit the high points
2: yeah now with you doing what like what you do with that how do you how do you protect yourself
3: I you are assuming something can touch me <laughs> <laughs> no I, I told you from pulling an entire radius of space yeah but my this I can feel something that's at least I don't know 30 40 yards away
2: Mm-hmm.
3: it could be charging hauling ass at me and i feel it before I, it even gets close enough to to scratch me and the closer it gets I, like, i've never had anything surprise me anymore right because they can't it's like it, it's it's always on it's not like something i could turn off and on by control it's always on like right. in a, even in my sleep right my megan will wake me up <laughs> say i need you to pull i need you to pull like, i was like where i was like half awake i put my hand in the direction and i feel it and into the ring and doing what's done but no I I'll wear this symbol it's the Valkna like I said the Nordic symbol it's uh, what I found out it's more than just a symbol of protection it's the symbol that uh, Vikingers who felt like they were Odin's greatest warriors would wear mm. which one of my six names is Odin Stranger so it's fitting yeah
2: right for yeah. sure have you ever gotten resistance from other – or not resistance, like crankiness from other paranormal teams or investigators saying, like, you can't do that or that sort of stuff? Uh, They don't say it to me blatantly, but I've only had one actually say it to me. Like, one guy actually
3: asked me all the time, what gives you the right to do what I'm doing? I simply had the answer because I'm the only one who can. Right. And because I can, I have to determine what I do. Like I said, I don't give these things any quarter. If I, something is dark is near me, I pull it. I don't give it a chance to beg or ask or, or, uh, reason. No, they're not worth that. Um, if they're dead, it's like a person, like a dark human person. Okay. If they were an asshole in life, they're an asshole in death. And mm-hmm. that kind of person, I don't want around tormenting other spirits. Cause I tell him in the investigation, um, I find out that uh, sometimes uh, human spirits aren't here because they have unfinished business. Sometimes they're here because they can't leave because there's a dark entity bullying them into not leaving.
2: All right? So Hence, you're, you're like a protector.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess. <laughs> that's my son called me. <laughs> but, uh, with, shaman is a very loose term of what you, how you would describe me, it. it's not the exact terminology. Uh, we're still yet to find a proper term. But then again, of all the research I've done, everything I come close to finding, there is nothing. There's like pieces, like Mm -hmm. maybe 2%, 3%, 10% of information that kind of comes close to what I can do. But nothing is concrete and nothing explains it in its entirety. So that's what's really hard. Like there's no specific name. There's no specific description. There's nothing out there. Even even, that that's not even a proper term. Psycho pomp work is what a psychic would do to cross spirits over. Megan is a psychopomp,
4: right. right?
3: She does that stuff. She opens the door for spirits to cross over at a location and literally opens the door and they all leave. She's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Besides remote viewing and stuff like that, but uh, talking to the dead, hearing the dead, seeing them, all that stuff. Wow. Like I said, alive or dead, she can find anyone.
2: Dang. Yeah. Have you guys ever worked on like missing? Well, we're going to go missing 401 next half hour. Uh, have you ever worked with like an agency to try and find people or give them tips or? She's afraid about failing. Fair enough.
3: Um, she didn't put much effort into it, but she's actually practicing with it now. Right. Uh, getting stronger with locating people and stuff like that. Uh But she needs more confidence in herself to uh, get more strength in her ability. Like me, I have zero doubt in what I can do. I have Mm -hmm. to. I have to have zero doubt. Otherwise, the things that I can take and fight back and then cause more havoc than they're worth. Because if they finally come across somebody who is actually a legitimate threat to them, uh, they're going to go after me with all full force. Which they've already started doing. Attacked every single day. Right there's always something coming to us looking for a fight, and we ask them, "Why are you coming after us?" And like they say, they always tell me, "Like oh, they sent us, or he sent me, or like they were sent here for some reason." Which, <laughs> when you hear a, a dark entity tell you that shit, it's you know, it's uh, that uh, you know makes a you know, bustle
2: clinch. So, fair enough. Oh, and sidebar: we can't swear when we're live, right, David? Oh, that's live right. YouTube. That's right.
1: Okay, that's right.
2: None of that swearing stuff.
1: Hey guys, hold on one second. Thank you to Louis times two, Simon, Deb, Karen, Carla for the great super chats, as well as I'm missing one here, Sally. Thank you for the love, and of course, you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com, and we have where we have great swag for you, and join the space travelers club like the Debster did on Patreon. Here we go.
7: You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio Show.
1: Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us my name is Dave Scott, your host with the most tinfoil wrapped around him. Thank you to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us, will you, at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Magirix, Magirix is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join our Space Travelers Club on patreon here we go Hour number two of ghosts of the great white north waverly merles is here from the paranormal road trippers hanging on out talking some ghostly stories with podcaster researcher paranormal investigator isaac from the shadow walker
2: welcome back guys thanks
8: dave
2: so one thing i want to get into your latest podcast that you just dropped was missing 411 stuff
4: mm-hmm.
2: um for our audience, what is the Missing 401 cases?
3: I'm going to uh, hurt your feelings a little bit. Uh, that was an entirely Megan episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, so but from last,
3: I didn't know I, was, I wasn't on that one. Yep. Uh, she actually brought her sister on um, to do that episode. Uh, but what I've learned, well, she's, she's fascinated with the Missing 401. Uh, that's essentially the the area code or the amount of people that were missing in national forests across the United States, also aligned with the cave, uh, national caves around the same places in the natural forest people go missing. So there's a great mystery and conspiracy theory around it that it's either aliens or some kind of cryptid creatures or just, you know, uh, everything under the sun you can think of that they're using the cave system to kidnap all these people that go missing. Um, but she's always fascinated with it because she's always wanting to find people, hence why her ability to find anyone alive or dead goes into fruition uh goes hand in hand uh so that's she's been more fascinated by that than i have i necessarily don't care much for true crime it's just kind of the before fact and the after fact and missing people always dips into the conspiracy theory thing. another thing that we not put much or two cents in mm-hmm. uh and and then the missing thing the, the, the supernatural part of it uh aligns more with the cryptid side, or like I said, the conspiracy theory side versus the paranormal side. Now there probably is a paranormal part to it when it comes to like dimensions and portals and stuff like that. But from our, my experience with portals, they never seem to be an access point for say your physical form to go through is more of the uh, spirits to travel through instantly. Then again, that's the come kind of to portals that I've come across. Uh, I have never come across a portal that you actually can travel through.
2: Uh, your physical form anyway. Hmm. Dave, what's your thoughts on it randomly? I have a couple
1: of thoughts, many, many thoughts that go into people who just vanish. I think a lot of it is portals. I think.
3: Did you know MDOT spends $3.2 million a year picking up litter? That's money we could use to maintain roads and bridges, patch potholes, and focus on improving
2: Mississippi's infrastructure. It's our job to pick up litter, but it's your job not to litter. Yet 62% of all Mississippi litter is deliberate. We
3: can't do our job. If you don't do yours, visit GoMDOT.com slash Don't Trash MS to learn ways you can help. Don't Trash Mississippi.
9: Walter Brown here for Ocean's Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. With September being Suicide Prevention Month, it's so important to be able to communicate with your loved ones. Kim?
10: Young people's emotional well-being has been declining for years. If you're concerned about an adolescent in your life, consider these warning signs loss of interest in things they usually enjoy, their peers are struggling, changing sleep habits, or changes in weight or appetite.
1: Learn more, com. That people are just, you know, walking into something they have no idea, maybe a different dimension where they're in the exact same area, but at a different timeline. I mean, we've heard lots of stories over the years of, of these people who are walking 10, 20 feet behind their brother or their cousin or their best friend or their mother, and all of a sudden, poof, everything's different. They're gone, and they're hearing these strange what sounds like critters running around, and, and, they're, and they hear people yelling, calling their name, but nobody ever seems to hear them. And And then all of a sudden, boom, an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours later, They're back on the trail, and there's their loved ones. And they're like, where have you been? And they're like, where have you been? You know, I think a lot of it is that. I do believe that there are some cases where creatures like Sasquatch are involved, where, you know, you see children who are, I mean, there's a famous case in North Carolina a couple years ago where a young boy was two years old, three years old, taken from his yard. He was gone for 48 hours, and when they found him in a briar patch that had been searched four previous times, he said to the rescuers that a big teddy bear was had taken care of him and kept him warm and and, and was was feeding him berries. Well, this happened in the winter, Mike. You're a hunter. You're an outdoorsman. You know darn well that if any bear wakes up from its hibernation slumber, number one, it's extremely angry. Number two, Mm -hmm. it's extremely hungry. And a child is going to be a free meal. Mm-hmm. OK, it's not going to cuddle and have the little bear say, oh, would you like some some June or some raspberries or or whatever? It's not going to feed and cuddle the child. It's going to kill the child and eat the child. You know, I hate to sound grotesque that way, but that's nature. OK, mm-hmm. there are many cases where where people have found clothing folded on a tree stump or shoes that have been untied and placed together. Is that feral people? Is that uh, Sasquatch leaving clues? I mean, there's a famous case that David Politis did where a two-year-old boy went missing, and 24 hours later, that boy was found 12 miles away over top of another mountain, barefoot. Number one, a two-year-old boy is a free meal to any predator animal. Number two, how in the hell does a two-year-old walk 12 miles overnight over a mountain path to get to another completely different area? It's impossible. So I think there are a lot of mitigating factors that we don't fully understand yet to these missing people. But the people who vanish, I think that they've entered a different timeline Portal, whatever. That's my theory. How about yours,
2: Merle? It's something I've been looking into, but my my theory lines along with with yours. Um, it, it's just it's weird just to hear the stories of like people go missing when they're on their hike, but then they're back a few hours later, like all confused. I, I don't understand that. Could it be the portals? Could it be your aliens? Could it be like Sasquatch? I, I don't know. This is really interesting, really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But Isaac. It's about that time of the night we get into your best investigations. We want to hear some investigative stories.
3: Uh, Yes, yes. Um, Several investigations that I've done uh, in person around here where I live in North Carolina. I specifically live on the East Coast. Um, We investigate around Swansboro, Hubert, um, that area, Crowtory National Forest, We've gone to Maysville, uh, Wilmington, those areas as well. So basically just the uh, north, uh, the east coast majority of time. So uh, because we live less than 15 minutes away from the beach. But our investigations around those parts have led us to certain locations that we've encountered a lot of things. One of the most impactful locations I think we investigated around here was a place called Patsy's Pond. Um, It has all these sinkholes that the settlers used way back when as a natural water source. So it has its history. Uh, one giant lake in particular is a main source for the sinkholes that have pop-ups, but little tiny, no bigger than the swimming pool of uh, spots that also sinkholes around the area. Uh, and this is a location that we investigated several times that, uh, I would say about a year ago now, that I took down my first skinwalker. And, well, not an actual living skinwalker, this is the spirit of one. But, you know, a skinwalker, none the same. Uh, that was pretty tough. But, like I said, nothing has been able to stop me. So, uh, we also encountered several demons in this location. I uh, Three spirits of a witch, switches, um, a racist slaver, uh, regular, regular dark entities. And what I can only classify, the only name that came to my head, uh, was the primordial evil. Which I think was causing this place to be haunted as much as it was. The Primordial Evil was interesting because I set my tendrils down one of the sinkholes. Just reaching around, going through all these tunnels until I found this giant open cavernous space. It was about the size of a football field. Just empty water and just darkness Hole, But in the center of this area was this giant orange orb thing. um, That my tendrils wrapped around and pulled it. When I was pulling it out, the other psychic on my team, Mike, uh, I wanted him to see what I was doing. Right. So I grabbed his left hand and I said, look, I want you to see. Can you see what I'm doing? He's Like, what are you doing? I can feel that. And when I pulled it out and I had it in my hand, still holding his left hand, I said simply into the ring, pushing energy. in. when that happened, the second that it went into the ring, both of us felt like we got socked in the gut. Like someone just like punched as hard as they could right in our stomach at the same time. And it was, it was weird because it was the exact same moment because my wife watching both of us saw, saw us both double over at the same time, the exact same time. So like the energy that I felt in my body transferred to his at the same time, that was one of the interesting things. But the skinwalker was, was, uh, pretty interesting too. Cause we kept hearing whistling in the woods and we whistled back, which you should never do. <laughs> uh, but we didn't know that until afterwards, because there's Native American spirits in all the woods that we've investigated around here, especially the Croatoan. We get a lot of Native uh, Algonquin speech coming through the spirit box a lot. And they call me through the spirit box by one of my other six names. My other name, uh, which is the most potent name, which is probably the most name I, I've, I've been called, is Ashwatakanta, um, which I believe is Cheyenne. That name came to me uh, from a past life. I've had different, several past life regressions done on me. One in Pacific was in the 1700s. Uh, I was a Cheyenne spirit warrior. And my name supposedly was Ashwa Kanta, or my title was. Not 100% sure on that. But I had um, hernia surgery done on me early this year. I'll say February. And... Uh, the night before I was going in for surgery, the spirit of my grandfather from that time came to visit me and, and my wife here. My wife was, of course, the interpreter because I couldn't see or hear him. And she basically said, when I go under to meditate and find him. Um, so underneath anesthesia, apparently, according to the, uh, Mike, um psychic on my team, who's had many surgeries in his time, said that's the best time to meditate because that's the closest you can get to the astral plane. So I was like, OK, I'll try it. All I remember from the six hour surgery the conversation I had with apparently my grandfather from the time I was a Cheyenne spirit warrior was him saying to me, you are Ashwala Kunta, the, uh, the Reaper of Souls. That's all he said to me. Or that's all I remember anyway. You are Ashwalakanta, the Reaper of Souls. I looked that name up, the best way I can spell it anyway. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find any legend of a, a famous spirit warrior who could conquer darkness and stuff like that less alone how that name sounds and i've asked natives around here no one knows um they have never heard that name they know it sounds native american but they couldn't tell you where it's from so that's still a mystery in the air but no uh the native spirits around here i know they recognize me as Ashwalakanta, which is extremely interesting when you hear that come over to spirit box because uh, I'm not telling them that. I'm not saying I am Ashwadakanta. contact. They're saying, "Oh, it's Acontia." They hear that come, up, I hear that come up in Spearbox when I show up at certain locations. Um, but when I was taking down the Skinwalker, that was one of the things that happened there. Now, um, with another place? We another place we did one of the first places I think I investigated was, uh, was the Octagon House. Not the same Octagon House that everyone's ever heard of. Um, this Octagon House is in it's in Newburn, uh, North Carolina. So no one really knows. Sorry, Swansboro, North Carolina. So it's like a small time. It's not, it's not like this famous octagon house. Um, but there's woods outside the, uh, the octagon house that um, has a lot of witch activity. Because the parallel team that I joined before my current one found a cauldron, a black cauldron, that looked like it was being used in the middle of the woods. Um, Along with hearing things move in the woods and shadow figures and stuff like that, uh, that was one of the first times I took down Uh, demon in, well I didn't know it was a demon at the time but uh, it rushed me, like it ran right at me and I grabbed it and this is before I had the ring so I basically just filtered it, Uh, that's what really caught the attention of the native spirits in the area They were extremely interested in me after that time.
4: If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Now for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.
11: So, I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? Ah. What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working
6: on. Hey, Buster!
9: Contact local agent E.G. Warren Jr. in Gulfport today.
6: Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
3: Like they recognize me. Possibly. But do you want to hear about the oppression case? The first one I ever did.
1: We got eight minutes, so yeah, let's get to it.
3: The first oppression case I ever did was a friend of Mike on my my team, uh, their friend, they their family friend. They knew him from his previous team. Stays barred up because he's seasoned in the business. Um, they asked him to look. For, uh, they have they have nightmares. Their son is entirely acting different. All the symptoms of oppression. Their son was being oppressed. They said he went from being nice to being all angry all the time, pissed off, angry. That's the same situation. So uh, he asked, "Do you know anybody who can help us out with this?" Like, yeah, I got just the guy. Obviously, me. Um and we went over to their their house uh one evening. My wife remote viewed in the night before just to see what's going on there and she found in their living room a giant she described as if Groot was demon demonic looking, right? Like a big tree looking black black tree thing with red eyes and horns instead of tree branches. And it looked at her and said, Oh, they send a witch after me right? Um and we would end up going there. Mike did a native American prayer to sever the tie between the attachment between this demon and the boy. And that's when I would grab it. My wife was outside with Mike's wife preventing this thing from leaving because I wasn't worried about this attaching to somebody else. I was worried about it running away. And when he severed the tie, I was talking, I was talking, uh, talking trash to the entity trying to provoke it to come after me that's what I wanted. Because I could barely feel it. Like it was hiding. It was on the edges. When he severed the tie, I reached around, didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, what, he ran away. But then I felt it rushing after me. And I grabbed it. And I put it into the ring. And I laughed. I laughed because it was too easy. I was like, this big bad thing that was causing torment to this family for months. Giving them nightmares. Oppressing this kid. Wife seen as a big giant black brute looking thing. I take easier than things I've taken out in the field that I had no pre-knowledge of. And I was like, did I make a mistake? Did I get the right thing? Is it, uh, what's going on? No, everything was back to normal. Within the hour, we stayed there afterwards. The kid entirely, 180 changed. We call into the family the following week. They say like, they don't know what I did or what what we did as a team, but everything is back to normal. It was like it never happened, right? Their son's back to who he was. Their nightmares were literally gone that evening. And it's like, like I said, like it never, never happened. So it's was like, okay, I guess I did. So I guess this demon was just all talk then. Yeah. Uh, that's the first confirmed demon I took down. And the first night that my second spear guide made himself known. Because uh, I have, well, three main ones and a fourth kind of a floater. But uh, connection with spear guides and stuff like that, I've become very proficient with. That night was the first time the second one made himself known. Uh which is a he's a Vikinger from the Age of Vikings named Ojen. O J E N. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how to spell it, but best best you can come close to spelling it. Uh but yeah, that was my first oppression case that I dealt with. And I've done several fifteen now oppression cases since then.
1: Hmm what does your body and mind go through when you go through something like
8: this? Mental stress,
4: not
3: so much being someone with high function ADHD. My mind is always running all the time. So it's over-exercised physically. um, The stronger the entity, the more stress it puts on my hand and arm. Uh, I, I classify the entities as two kinds of smoke and sand. Smoke. Obviously, you can feel. You can put your fingers through it. But it's it's easy. Sand. Obviously, is a harder, coarser material. Sand level entities are your high ranking demons, stronger entities, and stuff like that. Smoke is everything else. Um, that was hard smoke. Best way I can describe it. Sand is like the high rankers I've taken down before. The Skinwalker was sand. That was a sand level entity. But the more I pull, the more stress it puts on my forearm and say my my entire hand. Um, it does cause me physical pain. Almost like I was doing like 800 curls or using one of those, those, uh, grip grip things like over and over again for like a thousand times after just a couple of pulls in the beginning. Now, like any muscle you use, the more you use it, the stronger you get with it. Now it takes a lot. Like I've, I've done two oppression cases in like five mind clearings in one sitting. And I probably could still go for another investigation that, that evening. So I've gotten stronger the more I've used it so um, mentally no it doesn't doesn't really affect me uh, when they spear guys try to talk to me, yeah they like it's like a, a the sensation you, you the feeling you get after a migraine's gone that that sense of relief and emptiness that's what it feels like when I know they're trying to talk to me and sometimes it's like causes me like some kind of pain where they really want to get my attention um, but as a mental stress from what I take no there's there's no stress whatsoever. Weird,
1: weird, because I, I, I kind of take what you're doing almost like channeling or astral traveling.
3: Like I was telling him during the break, it's like you can't 100% define what I'm doing. There's a lot of things out there that are like pieces of it, but nothing is everything all at once. And I'm not leaving my body. I'm not going anywhere. I can, The tendrils leave my hand and they attach and they pull. It's all physical, right? It's not mental. This is nothing on my mental strength like a psychic would go through when they channel in they remote view. It's like mental stress. My wife complains about it all the time. Um, but this is like physical stress. It's like on my physical body. Like, but it's not, it, I, sorry, a better way to describe it. What I take does not determine my physical strength. Granted, I'm a big guy. I'm a strong guy. But everything I take is obviously stronger than any human ever lived. So it doesn't. My physical strength does not determine what I can take and what I can't. Um, but I do feel the physical pain from over usage of what I'm
2: doing. I think that's the only thing that it really comes down to. The question I had for you from when we because we we talked for quite a while like like the other week, yeah. um, So you say you can go and like looking at us, you can see if there's spirits, entities, or whatever around us. Now, are you? astral traveling are you literally just looking at me how i'm looking at you and you can see them around is that how it works well a training
3: my third eye which has been a, a tedious stress that i've been trying to get and the both the best i can get is when i close my eye and look through the third eye uh it's like looking at shadows in the dark right you can kind of see what you're looking at but my tendrils kind of light up the dark a little bit when i'm grabbing um but no, I'm not. I'm I'm not, I'm not physically leaving. My 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 tendrils do the work. I'm still here in real time, mm. right? Uh, that's why when I pull it has to be live. It has to be real time. I can't pull from like a recorded video from 20 years ago. It has to be now. It has to be like as we're talking right here. Right,
1: gentlemen. I'm going to get you both to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here. at The bottom of the hour. Ghost of the Great White North with our main man Merle flying on by tonight. Talking paranormal, supernatural <laughs> stories with the shadow walker Isaac himself. We're having a great time. We have these two gentlemen. Until the top of the hour, we will continue the paranormal talk right here on Spaced Out Radio. It's a good night to turn up the woo factor. Peak woo at its best. Right here on Spaced Out Radio and Ghosts of the Great White North. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Hi, Aussie Ange. How are you? She's merling it up. You notice that, Merle? I like a good merling up. From Australia. That's Aussie Merle right there. What time is it in Australia? They're like uh, a day ahead of us. Oh, they're in 1:30. the future. They're in the future.
3: One thirty in the afternoon. and 12 hours ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, some right. of our listeners are 15 hours ahead. So it'd be 10.30 <laughs> in the
2: morning plus 5. 3.30.
1: I
3: buff-
2: thought Isaac was far in the future with his three hours ahead. He's right. got nothing on
4: that. <laughs>
2: nothing. Nada. What do you want to take at the last half hour, Isaac? It's uh it's guests' choice. We have a I think there are a lot of Dave, did you see a lot of questions in the chat room? I got a bunch if, saved up. All right. We we could do those. Yeah. I right. like that. Yep.
3: I guess the only I, one case I could talk about, um, it will take more than less than 10 minutes, uh, is the most profound case I think I've done so far. Uh, do it. A family Let's in see. India. Not India, sorry. Family in Canada. Your guy's neck of the woods.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, Canada's a big place.
3: Uh, Vancouver?
1: Yeah, that's in that's our neck of the woods.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Because I I work with a team, like I said, from uh, Unknown Paranormal,
2: who are out of Surrey. So they have a case they can tell us about, Dave. Or he does. Nice.
3: I've been working with Mike from Unknown Paranormal for, like, uh, 15 cases total. No, sorry. I have done 22. I've done 15 with him. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot the ones I've done without him. That people who called, uh message us, uh message the podcast, uh, Instagram asking for help. It's funny, I've done more mind clearings than anything. Going in someone's mind force, pulling all the dark negativity out and uh con-
11: So I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? Ah. What? No, I didn't get that personal. My agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster!
9: Contact local agent E.G. Warren Jr. in Gulfport today.
6: Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability and eligibility may vary.
9: Walter Brown here for Oceans Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. With September being Suicide Prevention Month, it's so important to be able to communicate with your loved ones. Kim?
10: Young people's emotional well being has been declining for years. If you're concerned about an adolescent in your life, consider these warning signs loss of interest in things they usually enjoy, their peers are struggling, changing sleep habits, or changes in weight or appetite.
9: Learn more, oceansbiluxi.com.
3: Contacting them with their main spirit guide. Because once I clear out a mind, um, their main spirit guide comes forward. It's not your only spirit guide, it's the main one. The one who's supposed to be in that subconscious part of your mind protecting it. I
2: like uh, a good mind
3: clearing. Yeah. I've done that more than, than any investigations. Like, I did five people in one sitting. Like, oh, do me next, do me next. I was like, it's not a party trick. <laughs>
2: No, fair enough. But that must get tiring, like doing stuff like that.
3: Oh, it's interesting. It's helping me figure out why certain people have certain spirit guides attached to them Mm -hmm. or why someone's mind forest looks a certain way, why someone's mind forest might be at night versus during the day or why they might have very condensed trees versus very vast trees. I'm still trying to figure everything out and using the more people's, more practice I have with the better I can figure out. Like now I know for sure if you have a warrior for a or a fighter for a main spirit guide, you're supposed to be met with conflict in your life. So a lot of conflict you can go through. Most paranormal investigators I've met have a warrior for a spirit guide. You said um,
2: mine was a cowboy. Yeah, he's a gunslinger.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, and then if it's nighttime, you find more solace in the night versus the day, dusk or afternoon. Um, the more condensed the woods are because you're trying to hide to protect that side of your mind which tells me that you've gone through some kind of trauma. So little things I I figured out from the people I've spoken to.
2: That's cool. How are you doing over there, Dave?
1: I'm good. I'm watching (laughs) the time. Watching the time.
2: He plays music, too. Dave Dave likes a good guitar as well. I have some nice uh, guitars uh, at my house.
3: uh, I used to play... say, used to. I haven't, well, I haven't played a bass in almost six years, but I, I played bass for 13 years. Um, and I had a five-string Schechter Stiletto was my last bass I ever owned. Uh, I played in uh, death metal and death court bands in San Antonio. Nice.
2: Yeah. Dave likes a good dad rock band, like Nickelback.
3: <laughs> I like
2: Nickelback. I do.
3: I like him too. But, I mean, I'll listen to, you know, Black Dolly Murder and A Doom and very heavy, brutal stuff that scares the shit out of most people.
1: That's my son. He's Matt. 10.
3: 136. But I, I remember the music scene when it was changing in San Antonio. And I play a lot of shows.
1: All right. Big thank you to Louie Times 2, Sally, Simon, Debster, Karen, and Carla. Debster, thanks for becoming the latest member of the Space Travelers Club. We really appreciate it. And and, uh, here we go. Oh, we got 10 seconds. Spaced out radio, 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 radio. radio. (laughs) Okay, five seconds, guys. Hold on. We pass a halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join us on Patreon and sign up for the Space Travelers Club today. Merle from Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia is here for Ghosts of the Great White North, and we have him till the top of the hour with special guest Isaac the Shadow Walker. Gentlemen, welcome back.
2: Thanks, Dave.
1: You're welcome. We're going to get to one more story here before we get to some audience questions. Isaac, what's your most profound story so far?
3: The most profound experience I've had um, doing what I've been doing for the last three years uh, is with a family in Canada, your guys' neck of the woods. Um, They originally worked with a friend of mine, uh, Mike, from the uh, Unknown Paranormal. And that's the whole reason I even found out about this case in the first place. He mentioned it to me, asked if he'd think I could help with the case, helping this family out. What was happening was that the mother reached out to Mike from Unknown Paranormal, his investigation team, to see if they could help out with his situation. Her son was being oppressed. He was being affected heavily by something dark because they could feel it in their home, though her husband was saying it's all scientific. It's a, it's medical. He's having something wrong with his mind, something like that. Mind you, the kid—I say kid—he's uh, like twelve. Um, was going through his, whatever stuff like that. It got so bad to a point where the kid couldn't even walk. He was literally dragging himself around on the floor because he says that these things are hurting him. The monsters are hurting me, right? They're they're tagging his nightmares. He couldn't get any sleep. He didn't go to school. Um, he was literally being tormented like every day, every night. Uh, she finally reached out to mike's asking if you know anybody to help he could contact me i spoke to her one evening she was instantly um said well let's do it so we, we made a time for us to go back i did this during the day because um you guys are three hours behind me uh, in the time zone and i ended up pulling three demons lower level ones and uh one witch the witch seemed to be in charge of these demons. Like they were in her stead is what we found out. Um, asking the witch why she even bothered with him. She said it was just for fun. That's what her words of why she was tormenting this kid. It was just for fun. Uh, that's freaky. Yeah. I broke both her legs and both her arms. She's just a torso in the ring right now. Um, so she is suffering. So, but, uh, After that case, I wind up finding out there's a portal in her backyard. And one of the other things that I can do is close these portals. Closing a portal is very tough for me. It's it's about the toughest thing I've done. It's like trying to grab a big, giant rubber wheel on the edges of your fingers and squeezing it shut. (laughs) Um, And it's spinning at the same time. So you have to stop it from spinning a certain direction uh, in order to get it to close. But close it, I did. And that really... Put the kamosh on everything happening at her home. Uh, To a point, she said, literally within the next day, her son was the complete 180. He was back to normal. He was happy again. He discovered that he actually has psychic abilities. Um, We find out through uh, talking to his mother and stuff like that. Um, She was extremely grateful for how we helped her out. Like literally, she still messages to this day, and we did that case almost a year ago now. Like she'll messages every week talking about how grateful she is. She thanks us like always praising our name and stuff like that. And she says she was so upset um, about our, at herself that she didn't reach out to us sooner because she spent like thousands of dollars on another shaman to come in and shoo away these dark entities and it didn't even work. Wow. And because she asked, one of the things she asked us, and I think most people would ask us, is the things I do, Isaac, like, what do you charge for what you do? And I always tell them the same thing. I do not charge for my services whatsoever. I never have and never will. I feel it wrong to do so. I feel like it's in morally wrong. Like, it's a doctor asking how much you can pay them before they can actually heal you, before actually doing it firsthand. If all they're worried about the money ahead of time, how do you know they're genuinely what they're doing? So, I never do. Um, but she felt compelled to give us something. And I had said, well, we have a donation thing. I didn't tell her how much. And I I'd I'd never tell anybody. If you want to give us something because you feel like you need to, there's our donation thing. Go ahead. I'm never going to tell anybody to do so. It's it, to your discretion, however you feel. Um, but that's what I, I ended up having. We had to create that because of her. She wanted to, to give us stuff. But then we, we thought, okay, this is what we need to start telling people because we never, people have asked us before. We always tell them we don't. So now we got to start letting people know for sure we don't in the beginning of our cases that we do with our team. And it's kind of on, on our letterhead is that we do not charge for our services. Uh, Which makes what I do even more believable. One, the guy can do it and he doesn't have to physically be there. Two, he does it in record time. I think 30 minutes is my record time pulling three demons, a mind clearing, and and an entire house pull. Yeah, 30 minutes. That's my record time of getting rid of an entire house infested with demons, clearing somebody's mind out and making sure nothing is there anymore. Yeah. And also he does this for free. Holy crap, right? All three of these things combined already makes it unbelievable what I'm doing. But I've had these people come onto the podcast and give their testimony. So you get to hear it directly from them, their point of view, their their unbiased opinion, but their story explaining how things was and how things are now. Love it.
1: Love it. I mean, a lot of people will sit there and say that, what you do or what you say you're doing is impossible. It's a power trickery of the mind. There really isn't something going on. But for those of us who have done things like that, I mean, it, you don't know how you do it. You just can do it. And it's hard to explain or define the exact things you're doing. So how do you how do you work against the criticism of people who are unknowing?
3: I... Uh. I point them to my receipts, which is a testimonial episode that I've recorded. I think it's four now. And Dow, that was her name, the mother, the, the team. Uh, she was the most proficient. When you hear her testimony in the episode we did, which is Dow's story, you hear the emotion in her voice. And she's not a very good actress. Which is not even, <laughs> she's not even an actor at all. She's a nurse. Um, and you hear from her point of view the, the hell she went through and how it is now. And you hear her her gratefulness. You hear the emotion, her voice. You, you hear how, like, literally almost like she said her, her marriage was at, at stake uh, at, and during this time, too. Because she was arguing with her husband about what they need to do to help their son. Um, and how everything is, like, she says, like, it never, ever happened. Like, it never, it never, it's like a bad memory now. Um, and I put them in the direction of all me And then also I tell them, test me then. Prove me wrong. Right? Go to a location. That is haunted heavily. And let me do what I do. And if it's not feeling any different after you leave or after I do what I do, then, yeah, you can say I'm a fraud or I'm not 100% what I'm doing. Uh, yet to post it on our page. There's actually the first the thing I think I don't have any physical proof of what I can do. Um, but the closest we have at the time is that the last home investigation I did with the unknown paranormal uh, with Mike specifically was uh, someone's having something in their home that had poltergeist activity. He set all these devices, cat balls, an a EMF detector, um, REM pods, all in this room, separated, mind you. And this room is maybe 20 feet by like 10 feet. So he put one in one end of the room and one in the other. Walked around with the phone so I could see what it was doing, and I pulled through the phone. And with one pull through the phone, every single electronic device went off at the same time. That's the first time I've ever seen that happen. The first time he's ever seen that happen. Usually when a spirit box or anything goes off, it's in, in one or the other. Because then you see where the entity is. But this was the entire room at one time. And luckily, uh, his wife uh, was behind him recording with the camera, so she actually saw this all go off at the same time. Uh, I think Megan needs to post it on her Instagram. But we, we have it. That's the closest proof I have to anything. Uh, verse from getting me getting a, um, a full-spectrum camera or a... Um, we call it SLS camera. Hmm, that's awesome. I want to see that one. Yeah,
2: All right. But- let's
1: get to some audience questions here and let's start off with Sabrina. Has shadow uh, Isaac, you or your wife ever had near death experiences yourselves? If so, how many?
3: Uh, No, none. I've been <laughs> very lucky. To keep myself out of danger. Uh, had some close calls, but nothing of near those experiences. Um, same for my wife. Like her, like she's had kind of close calls, but uh, nothing, nothing of that sense. I have astro projected twice by accident, though. And I say accident because I didn't mean to. Um, I think this is like years ago. Uh, in this room. Actually, that I am right now. Because um, <laughs> this is our bedroom. I was sleeping, and I it was having sleep uh, paralysis, right? My eyes woke up, and I couldn't physically move. And it felt like someone had their hand in my chest. And I was so beyond furious that I couldn't stop this from happening, that I literally felt myself jump out of my body, and I was standing on the opposite side of the bed, seeing myself sleep, seeing my wife sleep, and then seeing the entity that was trying to do that go, holy crap, this guy jumped out of his body, and he tried. the entity tried to run away. I ended up grabbing the entity by its throat, picking it up, and literally both hands were strangling it. And I could feel its hands on my forearms, like literally trying to get loose. And I remember I said I got him, but I didn't – my spiritual self didn't say it. My physical body did, which it was hearing, hearing my voice away from me saying it. I got him. When I said that, though, the, it disappeared out of my hands, and I, and I basically just kind of like fell sideways back into my body. But that's the closest I ever come to astral projecting which I haven't
1: done since then. Let's go over to Justin here. Are those SLS cameras legit or just trickery? Merle, let's start with your you on this
2: because you like those. Don't say that I like those, Dave. <coughs> um, so there, there's a couple answers to that. Um, if you're walking around with an SLS camera, I think it's trickery because it's not steady. If you have an SLS mounted on a tripod not moving i think you may you may capture something um i've I've done it both ways because i've walked around with an sls before i really did research (laughs) i bought an sls because i saw it on ghost adventures so let's walk around a haunted house right and it would get a lot of misfires or, or it would miss there would you would put it on a chair while walking around and the chair would be mapped out so it would look like a stick figure so I have found, and just by doing research and talking to other teams and investigators, they get a lot, we get a lot more um, response or activity when it is just mounted on a tripod. So column A, column B, depending on how you use it. All right,
1: let's continue on. Let's go to Android. Can you please clarify how you know, Isaac, these entities are demons if you're unable to see them or hear them?
3: Uh, better to classify, I can't see them or hear them as a psychic can. Like I was saying before, psychic mediums are wide, like Wi-Fi. They can see the spirits in real time. Right, that I have to physically make the connection. Uh, once I grab the entity, sometimes I can see what I'm pulling. Sometimes I can't. Um, but when I throw them into the ring, when I go into the ring, I can see exactly what they are, exactly what they're shaped like or what they're supposed to, what they're projecting themselves as and something giant black skinny claw hands with horns um it's hard to mistake that as anything else uh especially when they start like classifying themselves as and basically when i pulled it from a location that's being um like say from oppression cases right from people who being oppressed my wife determined whether or not it's a demon she's she's my true other half. (laughs) She's my eyes and ears. What I can't see or hear, she can. And I have learned not to argue with her when she tells me something is right or wrong or not or what it is because she has been right uh, every single time. So if she says it's that, uh, it is. And there's no no arguing with her about it. Um, But no, a lot of these things I've taken have just been dark human entities or other kinds of dark creatures. We've learned to classify demons as something that's never been human, has never experienced human life. Uh, and doesn't always re- re- refer to the demonic creatures of uh, the Abrahamic faiths. Uh, sometimes these are things that are like a werewolf entity that I've taken before, or uh, a giant snake thing that we've taken before, um, or something that looks like a combination between a wolf and a snake. Uh, that I think is called Amarok it is apparently a native American legend about a dark shape shifting wolf snake creature thing. Um, I've seen that before, or I've taken that before. Let's say that, um, so it's not always like your typical demon thing that you've always seen. Sometimes they're things that never been human, but aren't like what you classify as demons.
1: Okay, let's uh move on to a different question here. This one coming from Dogman in the UK. Who says you're not being controlled if true by them being the demons then, sir?
3: Uh I know for sure because every I have a extreme and this is why I'm another factor why I was made to do what i'm doing now i have extreme hatred for them extreme i i have a i always said when i was younger i have a hero complex i always have to do the right thing i have extreme empathy for people that are being suffering and stuff like that i have to stop them and ever since i have this ability i can easily said to stop doing this altogether but that would be selfish when i know i can stop these things from happening and doing so i will And every single time I've come across these dark things that are oppressing people, causing people pain, physical pain, or or spirits are being tormented, being imprisoned in a location because they can't leave because that dark entity is literally bullying them into staying, I can't not do anything about it. And the reason I know, one, they can't control me, because supposedly, as I've been told by other psychics who try to read me, it's like looking at a door with light around it. You can't see what's inside but you can see there's something going on so apparently there's some kind of mental block preventing psychics from even possibly reading anything in there also stopping from anything from entering my mind that shouldn't let's say that um, my mom <laughs> actually said whatever what what are demons that are telling you stuff I'm like no no uh, anyone any dark entity has ever got close to me within 50 yards I felt coming and this doesn't turn on and off it's always on. Um, So I can always feel when they're getting close and take them out accordingly.
1: It makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go to Michael here. How do you explain missing objects like a TV remote I've been looking for for five years now? Still can't find it. Oh, I know what that's like.
3: (laughs) Uh, What is that? that, um, It's a mental trick of your mind. Like Something can be right in front of you, but because you're not thinking about it or you're thinking too hard on it, it's invisible. Right, I forgot what that's called. Like it, like you're like, where the hell is my hat? Right, where is my hat? Where is my hat? And it's right on your head. Right, you don't know it's there because you don't feel it because you're thinking about it. Same goes for like keys and stuff like that. It can literally be right in front of you, but because you're so focused on it, it's like invisible.
2: And 110 percent, his remote is down the side of his couch, not that's the just- back. <laughs> the side. Take the cushion off. Put your knee down and reach. It'll be there.
1: You know, what's funny about that is I've been looking for my passport for four.
11: So I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster!
9: Contact local agent E.G. Warren Jr. in Gulfport today.
6: Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
4: If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Now for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. ...months since I came back from Las Vegas.
1: I cannot find it. I know it's in my house. And I don't know where it is. And it's driving me absolutely crazy. I don't know where it is, Dave. I'm sure you I can ask
3: Michael for it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, please do, man. Please do. I want to get back to the US at least one more time before the end of the year. So that would be a big, big help. Let's go to SG NAM spotter. How do you sense and see these portals and close
3: them? Uh it's an immense amount of energy projecting from one location. It doesn't move. Um entities move. Like you'll know, something will move it'll move across the room. you know, I have to go look for it. Like something that I felt over there, all of a sudden moves over there. A portal is just stationary. It's in the same spot, it doesn't move. And it's generating a butt ton of energy, like enough for me to feel it. And I walk up to it, and I can feel it at one spot. Like, <laughs> oh, it's there, right there. Um, sometimes if you stand in the middle of one, you feel like yourself getting vertigo or you feel like yourself spinning. Um, like I said, I've come across several that it feels like that. Um, and then my wife had a, a very good theory about portals at least her in her her diet is that if they're spinning counterclockwise they are of darkness if they're spinning clockwise they're of light right and i've said well that makes sense because every time i've had to spin my hand i'm always spinning clockwise in order to stop it from slowing down from all the dark portals i've ever closed so her theory actually has some actual evidence to it so um Hmm. when they're spinning a certain direction tells you which what if it's good or light right, or bad or bad or evil or sorry, bad or good. Um, but I can't see them. Um, sometimes I can't see them. My, uh, my third eye, it, sometimes they're green. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they're red. I can't really figure out what the color is literally mean, but uh, like I said, it's like trying to grab a rubber wheel and squeezing it shut. Hmm.
1: Huh. Do you worry about attachments
3: No, and that's because the most formidable team combo against Dark Entities right now is me and my wife. Uh, She can not only project shields to protect us from attacks, um, and I'm at the other side pulling these things in, nothing ever gets close enough to attach. And my son, who's only six, he's going to be seven next month, uh, is already showing some of his psychic abilities too. And he has a combination, I'll say a combination of me and my wife. He has more of my wife's ability. He projects energy out of his hands. Hmm. We've seen him push stuff back with his hands. Like, he'll look at something that's not, we can't see, go, no, 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 and push his hands out, and the entity backs off. So, he's already starting to protect himself at the age of six. So, oh. anything uh, trying to attach, won't we'll even get close enough to if we make the attempt. Um, Either they get body bagged by my wife or they get taken by me, but no, it's not, it's not even a concern with us anymore.
1: Hmm. And that's a good thing, yeah. you know, because you do have to be careful with where you're going. You do have to be careful with what you're doing as well. I mean, at any time, you know, as we got about under two minutes to go here, have you ever felt danger for your safety?
3: Uh, not from spirits or anything of the sense, right? I can't do anything against somebody. If somebody, crazy person's in the woods or at a location that wants to attack, uh, that's why I carry a big knife with me. That's the backup to my ability. Um, but no, I've never worried about anything spiritual. You can send me to the darkest, most evil place on the planet the most demon-infested location whatsoever, I will feel fine. Uh, I will not be afraid or anything of the sorts because uh, I'll just go in there and clear it out, making it safe for everyone else to go in. Uh, but I, I ask others that go with me to wear protection because I can't be everywhere at once. So, um, But my wife, nothing ever touches her because they always get hit like they're running into a concrete wall um, before they get even remotely close to touching her so we're both heavily protected in what we do love it tell
1: everybody the name of your podcast and where they can find your information the
3: podcast is hidden in the shadows you can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast on spotify or itunes iheart ready and all that stuff uh our socials are hidden in the shadows podcast on instagram hidden in the Shaw six on x uh hidden in the shadows pod two uh, sorry podcast two on uh tiktok or links to all our social media always listen to us at hiddentheshadowspodcast.com also uh, we also have our paranormal team Shadow Walker Paranormal uh, Instagram as well um, so if you have any cases or need our help or advice on anything you can easily message us at either Shadow Walker Paranormal on Instagram or Hidden the Shadows Podcast on Instagram as well
1: appreciate that Merle we will talk to you in one month my friend really appreciate you coming on in guys thank, thank you, you so much thank you much Ghost of the Great White North wraps up with Merle, the Black Merlia, right here on Spaced Out Radio as we get ready to kick off hour number three, starting with Steve Stockton. Then little Timmy Senor with the UFO Report. Jam-packed hour three is next. Stay tuned. Good job, gentlemen. Good job.
2: It's a quick show. Very
1: fast. <laughs> Good nicknaming tonight, too. Very good nicknaming on my part. Strong. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. I'm going to set you guys free, and uh, you go uh, get some sleep. While well, some of us have to work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Take care, guys. Ciao. Later. Later. I'll be right back, guys. So you just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. I am back. We all ready for a good hour number three next? Our good friend, little Timmy Senor coming up very, very soon. He's rocking the red tonight. Rocking the red. Mm-hmm. That's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. Ain't that right, little Timmy? Hey, I wanted to say a big thank you tonight to Sally, Carla, Karen, Debster, Simon, Louie, times two for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Also, a big, big thank you to Debster for becoming our latest space traveler. Yeah, you want to sign up for the Space Travelers Club. Then you'll figure out what the password is for. That's what we do. What can I tell you? Shop at our website, spacedoutradio.com. Because you know there's always a plethora of features for you there. You know that. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, 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 All right, we got uh, ten seconds, everybody. Here we go.
7: you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor
1: third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway good to see you hear you and have you here with us my name is dave scott your host and i appreciate broadcasting all the woo possible to you hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america Digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Magirix. Magirix is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night. ...right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And join us on our Patreon, the Space Travelers Club, the SOR Space Travelers. Here we go once again to kick off hour number three of Spaced Out Radio tonight... Steve Stockton from Among the Missing YouTube channel joins us for another spooky
8: story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Space Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. And now, Dr. William Horatio Bates. In August 1902, ophthalmologist Dr. William Horatio Bates strangely vanished from New York City. Though financially well off, he left his wife a note explaining that he had to depart the area for a vital business opportunity that would benefit their family financially. The message read, My dear wife, I am called out of town to some major operations. I go with Dr. Forche, an old student, to do a mastoid, some cataracts, and other operations. He promises me a bonanza. Too bad to miss the horse show, but I'm glad to get so much money for us all. I'm in such a flurry. Do not worry. I will write details later. Yours lovingly, Willie. End quote. Despite his promise to keep in touch, he didn't return home, prompting his wife to contact his Masonic connections for help in finding him. After several days, they received news that Dr. Bates was in a London hospital, appearing weak and malnourished with sunken eyes. His wife's efforts through the lodge were crucial in locating him. When she arrived in London to fetch him, he initially did not recognize her, but ultimately agreed to accompany her to a hotel, hoping to recall her identity. He allegedly told her, quote, I don't know why you bother, madam. We are strangers, end quote. At the hotel, he vaguely remembered being summoned from New York to perform surgery on someone with a brain abscess aboard a ship. However, after two days, he vanished from the hotel without explanation. Despite Mrs. Bates' persistent search for him, he was never located, and she continued to look for him until she died in 1907, reportedly clasping a portrait of her missing husband. But then, in 1910, Dr. Bates was found in Grand Forks, North Dakota by a friend named J.E. Kelly. Kelly convinced the doctor to return to New York, but Dr. Bates had no memory of his past life there. On social media sites like Reddit, various theories have surfaced regarding the possible causes of his memory loss, such as amnesia, aphasia, or dissociative fugue. However, some people doubt the validity of the story entirely. Unfortunately, it is unlikely that we will ever understand what happened in 1902. Whatever the truth may be, it likely died with Dr. Bates in 1931. And now we have the story of Stephen Stainer. Young Stephen Stainer captured national media attention twice, first as a missing child and later as a hero. On December 4, 1972, the seven-year-old was abducted by Kenneth Parnell in Merced, California, blocks from his residence while walking home from school. Farnell pretended to collect church donations and insisted on giving Stephen a ride. Instead, Farnell took Stephen to his place where he would remain captive for the next seven years. Farnell posed as Stephen's father and referred to the young boy as Dennis. Through the years, the two lived at multiple locations in California, and Stephen even attended school. The young boy never said a word to anyone, and his teachers and friends also knew him as Dennis. In february nineteen eighty, Stephen was still in captivity when Parnell abducted five year old Timothy White. Sixteen days later, Stephen boldly escaped with young Timothy, and the pair hitchhiked forty miles to a police station in UK. At the station, the teenager declared, I know my first name is Stephen. In nineteen eighty four, Stephen told Newsweek, quote, I couldn't see Timmy suffer. It was my do or die chance, end quote. According to Stephen's report to the authorities, Parnell attempted to involve him in a plot to entice another young boy. However, Stephen covertly thwarted his efforts. The events after Stephen Sainer reappeared at the California police station in 1980 following his disappearance for more than seven years are the most intriguing yet grim aspect of the case. After being sentenced to seven years in prison, Parnell was released after serving only five years. He was arrested again in 2003. Tragically, Stephen Stainer died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 24 in 1989. In a strange twist, 10 years after his death, Stephen's older brother, Kerry Stainer, was convicted of four murders.
1: Thank you to Steve Stockton for another great story here on Spaced Out Radio, where we take a look at everything weird and strange, people missing. You can listen to more free stories just like that. Go to YouTube.com forward slash among the missing and hang out with steve and his great stories today all right from the mysterious to more mysterious it's a ufo report here comes little timmy senor
8: nobody's gonna know they're gonna know
1: A lot going on around the world with UFOs. I mean, Tim, you know, up here where I am, hockey season is officially underway. Had my boy on the ice this this evening before the show. I'm going to tell you, I'm riding high over that, my friend. Riding high. I I didn't send my son to hockey school this year because I wasn't sure if he was going to play. But I'll tell you, man, he hit the ice and it was like he took the entire summer power skating. He was incredible today. Incredible. I was so proud of him.
5: That's great. That's great. And hopefully you've got a coach that you like this year, and that's going to be super supportive for you guys.
1: I'm hoping. I'm hoping, my man. <laughs> I'm hoping. Oh, no, yeah. Jaime <laughs> Mosan! after the embarrassment of the Mexico UFO announcement and his alleged theft of the Peruvian mummies from the Nazca area. Well, he's back in the news again, man. What's going on with old Jaime?
5: A lot. And uh, his focus, unfortunately, isn't on the uh, heredity or how he got a hold of these mummies from Peru. Rather, he's drawing more attention to the fact that he wants people to look at these scientifically and take as many uh, notes as they can along the way. So uh, just a couple of days ago, a new scientific research uh, team took a look at the...
6: Experience the joy of home suite hosting with help from Ashley. Get your home ready for company with guest-approved essentials, now starting at just nine ninety nine ninety nine. dollars And right now you can save on accessories store-wide to finish every look. Plus, take advantage of low monthly payments with 60-month special financing in-store only. Visit your local Ashley store to shop and save today. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery required. See store for details.
9: Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration
5: one of the mummified bodies that uh, Jaime Mausan claims are alien. And to all of our surprise, the results have actually come back that the skeletal remains are all one piece, one skeletal piece, not an artistic creation as we had thought. Um, in this report, at least, that it's all one skeletal piece and uh, it's not human. And they have come back that more tests need to be done. Now, this was an independent test that was done. And Jaime actually put out just earlier today a new letter asking for uh, another scientific organization to take a sample from the bodies and do some DNA and some more deeper testing. So it seems like Jaime's making a really strong push for more tests to be done on these bodies because he believes uh, that they are real alien bodies. And so um, I can get into his earlier release, but it's basically a letter uh, specifically requesting Dr. Enrique Grau. um, And so he is part of the National Autonomous University of Mexico, and he would like him to take a dive at taking a look at these bodies so Dave he's not letting go of the story and these new results that came out just uh, I'm sorry on Monday so two days ago from us here today uh, those results conflict with everything else that we had been talking about that it was um, part llama part human and what the first results came back as from back in 2017 saying that it was a mishmash of different parts. Well, this new test from Monday says exactly the opposite. It's one skeletal piece, and it's not of human origin. So, Dave, another conspiracy theory we're diving into again right off the top tonight. But, boy, it sure does throw a wrench into the mix. And he is really dodging the whole um, where did they come from and how did they get here story. So... Dave, over to you.
1: Well, I think that Jaime is hanging himself on a very thin, tight rope right now. Excuse me. And I think that he... I don't understand why he's doing it. I would like to know who the scientists are who took this DNA and, and studied it so quickly. The reason why I say that is... There have been very very big name scientists who have looked over these mummies to prove that there is human DNA in them and that there was a mishmash of other parts put together. They're not going to make this up for the sake of the Nazca lines. The Nazca lines are like are like the Egyptian pyramids, man. The more we can learn and find from studying the artifacts and everything, the more we're going to learn about our history and why things were done, like the building of the pyramids or the creation of the Nazca lines which can only be seen from the air in full aspect. It doesn't make sense. Add to the fact that Mosan has has been publicizing this, I don't think he has a choice. Now that I think about it, I don't think he has a choice. His reputation is on the line. He staked yeah. everything on this, much like George Knapp staked a lot of his future on the story of Bob Lazar. It worked out for Knapp. I don't think this one's going to work out for Mosan. Add to the fact that he did not bring up the fact that there's a potential lawsuit that he is going to have to sit through for Allegedly stealing the Nazca mummies, which were found by grave robbers and handed over to him and his team illegally. So what's he trying to do here? I don't understand well, the point he is trying to pull or prove.
5: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about last Monday, because doctors in Mexico City carried out several laboratory tests on the remains. And according to Jose de Jesus, uh, the director of Mexican Navy's Scientific Institute for Health, the three studies were designed to check the skeletal structure of the bodies. And so the study proved that the alleged bodies belonged to a single skeleton and were not assembled. And so in a quote, they say, there is no evidence of any assembly or manipulation of the skulls. And they say, however, the Peruvian attorney's office, uh, attorney general's office, rather, together with the Institute of Legal Medicine and Forensic Studies has launched an investigation into where these bodies were found. Okay. So there is a little bit more about where the remains are coming from here in the investigation coming up. But the big news here is that it wasn't what they originally had thought from back in 2017, where the creations were made of animal and human bones joined together with synthetic glue and were covered in a type of plant fibers and synthetic glue to uh, simulate a type of skin. Um, This new study and, you know, just to repeat that was the mexican navy scientific institute for health and they did three separate studies um and so we can go into the details a little bit further but do you feel the fact that he's searching out valid experts to review these bodies um do you think it's making it more credible are you interested in these results Or do you think that there's somehow something going on here? Well,
1: the problem is that was already done. That was already done numerous times with Mexican and American scientists and university professors who had great interest in this subject. Okay. I mean, look, yes, there's some interesting parts the heads the heads of these mummies look like alien grays the fact that one finger has been cut off each hand and each and a toe on each foot to make it look a little bit different okay is something to be weary about weary about okay so i just don't get why we need another study on these
5: well, what if, um, so for example, they were able to prove through carbon 14 analysis that the bodies had been buried for a thousand years in uh, diatomaceous earth, which is a type of algae that doesn't allow bacteria or fungi to grow, basically making the preservation possible. Um, does that bring any validity to the story for you?
1: We need to find out who are the scientists who put this out. OK, who okay. are they right now? Well, if, so- if, if they're top notch scientists that are looking for the answers like they had before, who are disproving this left, right and center due to DNA results. Then, OK, but you know what? I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit, dude. I will. OK, it's just like we see a lot of athletes when they have an injury. They go for a second opinion. Maybe there is something to it. Maybe that second opinion found something that wasn't found on the original DNA tests that were done a number of years ago. And the systems have been updated and upgraded since then. So do I believe that, that there is something new that these bodies are alien? No, I do not. Okay, I personally do not. That's my opinion. However... Okay, if the study proves that, now we need to know who the study was run through. What's their credibility like? What kind of testing did they do? And I'm not a DNA expert at all. Okay, not at all. Don't even know how it works. But there are a lot of more brainiacs out there who do know how it works. And if those people were there, I think the smart thing for Jaime to do would be to contact other universities around the world for independent studies to prove or disprove whether they are alien, all right? And he could send somebody with them. It's not that they're going to do it alone or change the bodies to paper mache, but they're going to do it, right? So I just think he's barking up the wrong tree, and I, and I'm surprised he's like Custer having his last stand on this one.
5: Indeed, indeed, and it's interesting just that there are so many layers to this story, and that it didn't just go and fade off into the horizon as we kind of thought it might. Um, he's really plugging away at the validity of this, so we'll just have to wait and see. And believe me, um, I enjoy reporting on it because anytime. UFOs and aliens are in the headlines. I'm a happy guy. It's fun to report on.
1: We're going to get to our next story. we got about three minutes, so we are going to have to carry it over. But I can already tell you this next story that you have is going to really upset me. And and it should. It should upset every experiencer because according to Apple News, UFO research is only harmed By anti-government rhetoric, which basically says, if you're a tinfoiler experiencer, you're the root of the cause problem for being here.
5: No, 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 no. That's, That's not what it is. No? No.
1: Prove me wrong. No.
5: No, so this story from Scientific American is actually more about the anti-government rhetoric potentially being brought forward by whistleblowers saying that there is um conspiracy within the government to cover things up okay so I i
1: read the headline wrong then
5: yeah yeah by no means is that first statement that you said um, what apple news is covering here in this Um, and so the scientific american headline reads ufo research is only harmed by anti-government rhetoric and as the u.s heads into another contentious election cycle there is a glimmer of bipartisanship on capitol hill on an unexpected topic of ufos And so both Republicans and Democrats in Congress support the efforts to make more government records related to UAP open to the public. And this is a productive step to begin looking at a whole host of terrestrial explanations for UAP, anything from balloons to drones, which is particularly welcome on a topic where research often lacks strong footing in scientific data. However, the increased transparency and other corresponding spotlight on UAP may take a dark turn if policymakers aren't careful, right? And I know that we're going to go to break here, so feel free to break any time here, Dave. But in theory, this should be the open door to an objective and scientific approach to UAP. But if the information released is haphazard, with a focus on one-off reports of sightings that could backfire, Because the U.S. national security agencies could suffer damage to their reputation, right? And so those who work on or report such phenomenon could end up stigmatized, as we're starting to kind of see. And so there is also the undercurrent of conspiracy theory and related and anti-government sentiment brewing around the issue. And if this grows, it could provide toxic to any factual and scientific discussion. And so we have seen that some of the accusations that the government officials threatened witnesses with physical harm. And there were also accusations within the uh, whistleblowers that there were leaks within security, national security establishment, and that also black government programs were taking place with unexplained spending. And so with the back-and-forth and and the anti-government kind of rhetoric there, we could see the UFO topic itself kind of being thrown off course by some of the um, less UFO-specific topics.
1: Well, let's move on when we get back on Spaced Out Radio because full committee NASA briefing... Its members, meeting with NASA in an independent study. But you know what? They're not going to talk to anybody in those buffo fields. Tim Seenor and the UFO Report continue going into the final half hour of Space Tower Radio next. Boy, was I misguided on that headline. Holy cow, I was off.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you can see how that could definitely throw the UFO topic off mm-hmm. if all they're concentrating. And you know that national security, anything that is like they want to clutch to that. They're, they don't want to talk about it. So we should keep it to just UFOs, you know, not throwing the mix that there's secret programs and blah, blah, blah. We just want to know what they know about actual aliens and UFO craft. That's all we're asking for here.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: We don't care about the secret programs. We know about it.
1: I do care about those. That's. Do
5: you want should. them exposed?
1: No, that's what makes it more interesting. I don't want <laughs> a lot of this exposed, okay? I really don't.
5: <clears throat> yeah. Me neither. Me neither. But it does seem like it's the topic. That keeps coming up, you know, that everyone's concerned about, because it's like...
1: I know, I know, but here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing. If you give up all the secrets at once, there's nothing left at the end. (laughs) Right. We might as well go play golf or fishing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Look, could you imagine, let's just, let's just play a little game here for a second, little Timmy Cenor. <laughs> could you imagine if we have been on Mars for the last 40 years, 50 years? Could you imagine if those jump rooms that Andrew Bishago talked about are true? Could you imagine yeah. if <clears throat> if there really was an Apollo 18, 19, and 20 where they were setting up bases on the moon? Right? Yeah. How exciting would that be to find that out? It'd be great.
5: Yeah, and they actually have brand new photos from the dark side of the moon today believe it or not. Oh, do I don't they? know if you saw that. I did not see those. Yeah. a Massive crater with ice caps up in one of the poles. Um, and so they're thinking there's frozen hydrogen potentially and all kinds of theories going around, but it's really new information and, you know, it's pretty cool that they were using a super sensitive, a uh, super light sensitive camera, kind of the same thing that we use in what we're, you know, using to search the skies but obviously this is a NASA camera that was a uh, super sensitive to light. So what they were saying was like, you know, the edges of the moon were all blown out where it was getting hit with sun, but everything else that normally would be pitch black, you'd be able to see. And so they were seeing things that has, you know, they've never seen or photographed. Let's just put it that way, that we've never seen photographs of before. So pretty incredible stuff and definitely some brand new, beautiful craters. That if we were able to see, would change our perception probably of what the moon looks like. Beautiful stuff.
1: I think we're there. I think we've (laughs) been there for a long time.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard all kinds of conjecture, you know, that we even have craft that can take us there and back in the same day, you know, and that it goes so quickly and quietly that we don't even know it's happening. I mean, who knows? that's great. I I wish that was real. I hope that's real, I guess I should say. But um, you know, and that in that same sentence I think I'd also heard that we'd been to Mars already, but come mm-hmm. on. I think Elon Elon Musk would um have something to say about that. Pretty sure he wants to be the first guy. Oh, well, I understand that.
1: I <laughs> totally understand that. But he probably already knows that he won't be. He'll be the first publicized. Nobody's giving up the base. I don't know. That's one of those things, dude, that I want to believe. I really, really want to believe that. Tim, hold on right there because I want to say thank you to Louie Times, 2 to Sally, um, Debster, Karen, Carla, Simon, for the great super chats tonight. Thank you to Debster for becoming our latest space traveler by going to patreon.com forward slash SOR underscore space underscore travelers. One L, not two. Shop at our store, spacedoutradio.com. And if you're new here, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. We'd appreciate it. Hi, awesome Ann Palmer, Shadow Time Writer. Welcome. Here we go, Tim. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott Love the fact that you're right here with me Cheering on the woo Yeah, let's do it If you have missed most of this show or others Check out our free archives By going to youtube.com Forward slash spaced out radio Do old Davy the favor Hit that subscribe button Our website Spacedoutradio.com We have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot Read the newswire Check out our swag as well Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. All right, our big man Tim Sinor, our resident Timbit, joining us for the UFO report. And now that the NASA study, the hundred thousand dollar waste of time is over, an independent inquiry wants to talk to the people. Who made this study happen, Tim? What's going on here?
5: Uh, Yeah, so just to kick it off, over the weekend, USA Today uh, was very happy to cover uh, the NASA briefing on the front page. And so it reads, NASA releases report about UFOs. And the subtext reads, agency urges science instead of sensationalism. Of course, that's the takeaway. And so...
6: Experience the joy of home suite hosting with help from Ashley. Get your home ready for company with guest-approved essentials now starting at just nine ninety nine ninety nine, dollars And right now you can save on accessories store-wide to finish every look. Plus, take advantage of low monthly payments with 60-month special financing in-store only. Visit your local Ashley store to shop and save today. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery required. See store for details.
9: Walter Brown here for Ocean's Behavioral Hospital in Biloxi. With September being Suicide Prevention Month, it's so important to be able to communicate with your loved ones. Kim?
10: Young people's emotional well-being has been declining for years. If you're concerned about an adolescent in your life, consider these warning signs. Loss of interest in things they usually enjoy, their peers are struggling, changing sleep habits, or changes in weight or appetite. Learn more,
9: oceansbiluxi.com.
5: Now we had a new briefing today coming from uh, Congress and the House of Representatives saying that there is a full committee member briefing taking place to all members of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability on the UAP, a full committee member briefing on NASA's independent study report on UAP, so taking place tomorrow. Thursday, September 21st, at 9 a.m., the Committee on Oversight and Accountability will hold a briefing with NASA regarding the recently released independent study report on UAPs. And so NASA commissioned 16 independent researchers to identify available UAP data and how to best collect future data and how NASA can use that data to move the scientific understanding of UAPs forward. So the committee has invited NASA to conduct a bipartisan full committee member-level briefing on their findings. And so the meeting will convene this Thursday. And it looks like more people are going to get to hear perhaps the confidential, not public, portion of NASA's finding is as to why they decided this was a topic that needed to be further studied.
1: Tim, 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 you are absolutely right on this. You're hundred percent right on this. Okay. But I want these people to stand in front of the news to give that story. Why did you side with this? What evidence or lack thereof did not commit you to the fact that NASA has been lying for years, decades, half a millennia or more, or half a century, pardon me. feels like a millennia. There's so much BS coming out of NASA these days. But you know what? Much like we see, you know, jury members of a famous court case put in front of the media where they're speaking, I would like these guys to stand in front of the media and explain their debauchery of this study. I really would. And for them to sit there and say, whether it's privately or publicly, that, oh, well, we we weren't looking inside NASA. What's the point? The more and more NASA gets in front of the media about this topic, we all become a little bit dumber because of it, Tim. We all do. We don't mean to, but eventually those who don't believe the rhetoric stop listening, and those who do believe the rhetoric follow the same narrative that is being laid out. So I have, I don't even know why this is a news story. They're not going to tell us anything. They're not going to be public or vocal about it. All of these scientists got a free eight to 10 grand for hanging on out and doing their thing. I hope they play a lot of golf, okay, or take their family on one of them. Fancy Bahamas vacations. That's what I hope. And your American taxpayers paid for that. So good job. But if they're anything like their NASA press conferences, they're going to be... How can we put it? I guess we put it this way. They're going to be washing the questions... To make sure there's nothing hard, to make sure that there's nothing difficult, to make sure that there is nothing that they could trip their NASA tongues on. And good on them for it. God bless them. You notice my sarcasm there,
5: right? I wonder if any of our listeners liken you to Eeyore and me to Tigger whenever NASA is brought up. I'm all like, NASA, 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 and you're like, no.
1: Look, I don't want to be pessimistic or negative towards them. I really don't. I like NASA. I love watching rockets launch into the sky. Okay? I loved as a kid the... the. Um, I loved as a kid watching the shuttle program. I remember at, growing up at the Abbotsford Air Show. I think it was 1980 or 1981. I got to meet Sally Ride, an American hero. She was the first woman in space. I got to meet her at the Abbotsford Air Show, my hometown. She was one of the special guests there. And I got her autograph. All right. That woman was a hero. Okay. Okay. And the one thing that we forget of as public is NASA is part of the military. A lot of what they do is for the military branches of the United States Armed Forces. And we tend to forget that. They don't have the best interests at heart. If you believed your own SETI study that you hadn't found anything in 41 years because Seth Stoshak never took his blinders off or his earplugs out, then why are you conducting this study? You're not even. I mean, think about it here. Tim, if you need a dentist because your tooth is sore, okay, you don't go to an auto mechanic to get some extended warranty service done on your mouth. Yet we see NASA wanting to know all about these fighter pilots and these commercial airline pilots having these UFO experiences, pardon me, UAP experiences. Yet for some reason, they don't talk to their own astronauts or test pilots. Or engineers, or radar operators. Which is exactly like taking your, tooth break, your toothache to an auto mechanic, and hoping he can figure out what's going on. How do you not ask your own pilots, your own astronauts, your own engineers and radar operators? But you, you are convinced from the top of Bill Nelson on down, that these UAPs are here. So we better talk to the fighter pilots. We better talk to commercial airline pilots through the FAA. Does it make sense? Where's logic here?
5: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And the fact is, even if NASA was able to explain away a lot of those videos that you and I have seen that look amazing, and they're like, well, actually, that's experimental or that's a satellite, and they have that information, but it's, you know, secret? Well, we'll never know, right? And so to us, it'll always be UFO. And the fact is that it wouldn't take much for just one of those one. standout videos all you need. to be real. Just one.
1: It's all you need is one. And here's the other thing too, but how can, it's a little bit off topic, but still along the same. How could we have the Pentagon giving the thumbs up to a bunch of videos saying they are a UFO by using the terminology UAP yet? none of it seems to matter i forgot my thought on this and i had a power thought on this damn it let me see if i can get it back here anyways let's just move on it'll come to me okay but i i'm just i don't understand tim and the one thing that i hate is being treated like i'm stupid And I just get that from NASA. That they're treating us like we're stupid.
5: Right. And they're the only like I think you may have been going down the road that the only evidence that they're considering and willing to publicly debunk, if you will, are the available videos. That's where I was going with that.
1: I apologize. That's where I was going with that. Is how does the Pentagon give the thumbs up to those videos saying they're authentic and then people from NASA and others break those videos down? And say, oh, no, that's not UFO. I mean, is that the hand slapping the other? Why would you debunk your own defense department if they've confirmed that as real? You know, and, you know, people crap on Jeremy Corbell and his wanting to weaponize everything. Okay, the documentarian who released the... A lot of the late videos that we saw come out, okay? But they were all confirmed, dude. They were, All but one were confirmed as authentic UFOs or UAPs, whatever you want to believe in these days.
6: Experience the joy of home suite hosting with help from Ashley. Get your home ready for company with guest-approved essentials, now starting at just nine ninety nine ninety nine, dollars And right now you can save on accessories store-wide to finish every look. Plus, take advantage of low monthly payments with 60-month special financing in-store only. Visit your local Ashley store to shop and save today. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery required. See store for details.
7: The Mississippi Seawolves are back and ready to bite hard, and they want you to join the Wolf Pack for the beginning of the 23-24 FPHL season as they face off this November. The Seawolves need you to cheer them on and help defend the Wolves' Den at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. Bring the noise and join the Wolf Pack for the 23-24 season. They want you to help intimidate the opposition at every home game. Season tickets are available now for only $364 for the season. That's only $13 a game. Come by or call the Seawolves office for payment plan information and to secure your season tickets. Terrace tickets are just 364, telescope section 532, and glass seats only 616. For more information, go to MississippiSeaWolves.com. That's Mississippi The Mississippi Sea Wolves. Join the Wolf
1: Pack.
5: And we don't right. see the response we don't. But somehow we're, they were able to be released. They weren't leaked. They were released. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like the David Grush story in what he was allowed to talk about. Well, he'd been greenlit to talk on certain things because as far as the Pentagon is concerned and the DoD, those things don't exist. So he's free to talk on them. It's kind of like the same thing we saw with these videos. Well, we haven't confirmed what this is, so it's fine, you know, we know it's not X and Y, so it's probably okay to release, you know, and that's why we were given that, because more than likely it was something explainable. I, I mean, and it's turned out to be potentially something explainable. Do you feel that that's the route? No, that, I think it's and part the, and of the why, cover why up. it was released?
1: I think it's part of the cover-up. All right, we got seven minutes left. You got a UFO story for us.
5: Oh, I sure do, and this is a great one, coming in the early morning hours of the twenty fourth of October, in nineteen sixty eight. U.S. Air Force maintenance and security personnel stationed within the Minuteman intercontinental ballistic missile complex surrounding the Minot. The Minot, is that, am I saying that right? The Minot
0: Min- Air Force Minot. Base,
5: North Dakota. Minot. Minot, Minot. Okay, Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota observed one and, at times, two similar UFOs. And so the Minot Base Operations Dispatcher initiated radio communications with personnel reporting in the field and the radar approach, approach control and the crew of a returning B-52H aircraft aircraft. And so RAPCON alerted the pilots to the location of a UFO, which the B-52 navigator observed on the radar scope at co-altitude and maintaining a three-mile distance throughout a standard 180-degree turnaround. And so as the B-52 started its descent back to Minot Minot Air Force Base, the UFO appeared to close distance to one mile at a rate that was high speed and pacing the aircraft for nearly 20 miles before disappearing off the radar scope. So both B-52 UHF radars, radios rather, would not transmit during the close radar encounter with the UFO and radar scope film was recorded. So shortly afterwards, Rapcon provided vectors for the B-52 to overfly a stationary UFO over the near ground. And after turning onto the downward leg of the traffic pattern, the pilots observed a large illuminated UFO ahead of the aircraft for several minutes. And before turning onto the base leg over the UFO while observing it at close range. And so after the B-52 landed, Both outer and inner zone intrusions alarms were activated at the remote missile launch facility, OSCAR 7. During the report duration, observations were over three hours. And so now this is becoming one of the more credible cases. And not only is it being investigated by multiple study groups, including uh, SCU, And now some of the data is being brought forward, including some witnesses, and they're going to be talking directly to Congress on this event. And so this is one of three, I believe, that have been highlighted coming from a new break in information that's being shared with Congress at this time. And this is, in my uh, opinion, quite a good case. And if there is, in fact, film on it, Dave, that would be pretty incredible
1: it would be incredible we want it to happen right we want this stuff to happen we we want the truth to stories like the nuclear facilities how do we get there though how do we get there telling the truth it's it's that simple tim telling the truth You know, I mean, it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just frustrated by it all. Maybe I'm just frustrated by it all. And I'm thinking, man, when are we going to, it's great to hear these stories. I love the stories, but where do we go from here? Because the air force isn't being very cooperative in case you haven't noticed. Your thoughts.
5: Well, my thoughts are something like this, where we know that there are things that exist evidentially. And so potentially these are the things that we can put out to demand the evidence, at least for the people that need to know. Do you and I need to see secret tape? No. Does Congress potentially? Yes. Do we need to at least know that it exists and that they're reviewing it? Yeah. We don't need the details, but we need to know that these sorts of things exist like in this article and in this um, investigation report that's being brought forward from the SCU's website. And so we know that they're directly sharing via other websites like, like Enigma directly to Congress and making this information provided directly to, you know, Arrow and members of that. They're sourcing their data through this. And so if they can make a demand through whatever chain, we need to use FOIA publicly, but they have a different chain, but, If they could demand that tape that we know exists, well, there you go. You've got uh, up-close-and-personal film, according to this uh, historical report. Um, You know, and that's evidence. It's
1: amazing when you get that unshown film, isn't it?
5: We know it exists. We know it exists, according to this report, and this is directly coming... Um, you know, from the base commander. So, yeah, it's it's crazy knowing that it exists potentially.
1: Do we have anything more to sneak in in two minutes here?
5: Um, good question. I mean, I really don't. I think we covered Jaime's new case, and that yeah, good was really old Jaime.
1: It. You know, I want I, mean, I want to ask you this. Let me ask you this: yeah. with all the controversy that's surrounding ufology the last couple months, the hearings, the the debating, David Grush, you know, NASA and everything like this. Does this not just look like one of the greatest messes of all time? Because it is sloppy out there. Nobody seems to want to ask a tough question. Nobody seems to be demanding truth or evidence.
5: Your thoughts. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And then when evidence does come forward, it is just torn apart on social media before we even got all the evidence. Now, given it doesn't come from the most reliable sources with a really poor batting history. So, you know, the chips are definitely stacked against these alien bodies. But um, you know, it it doesn't hurt us if it turns out to be something real, right? You know, if that is real. But, uh, you know, Chances are really slim that these are real here, you know, some, I, yeah. Anyways, moving on from that aspect of it, I do feel like something like this actually hurts the topic, right? And it makes it messier, much messier, right? And the fact that it's dominating headlines and the fact it was brought up, you know, in front of Congress and NASA mentions it, you know, that's just, that's messy and it's it's bad gameplay, And so the fact is, at this point, we need evidence that's substantial. We need more things like military tapes, like something like this. If they came out with some film from the 60s that we could validate, you know, that would be great. If we could come up with some real bodies or some real craft or something real, that's really what we need at this point. But otherwise, it's getting really murky. You're absolutely right. And the more it seems like some of these whistleblowers talk publicly, the worse it gets.
1: Uh, Little Timmy Seenor, that's why we love you around here. We'll talk to you in a few nights' time. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone. In our chat room tonight, YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at Hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. I know you're out there somewhere watching me. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them too. Good night.
6: Experience the joy of home suite hosting with help from Ashley. Get your home ready for company with guest-approved essentials now starting at just nine ninety nine ninety nine, dollars And right now, you can save on accessories store-wide to finish every look. Plus, take advantage of low monthly payments with 60-month special financing in-store only. Visit your local Ashley store to shop and save today. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery required. See store for details.
7: The Mississippi Sea Wolves are back and ready to bite hard, and they want you to join the Wolf Pack for the beginning of the 23-24 FPHL season as they face off this November. The Sea Wolves need you to cheer them on and help defend the Wolves den at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. Bring the noise and join the Wolf Pack for the 23-24 season. They want you to help intimidate the opposition at every home game. Season tickets are available now for only $364 for the season. That's only $13 a game. Come by or call the SeaWolves office for payment plan information and to secure your season tickets. Terrace tickets are just 364, telescope section 532, and glass seats only 616. For more information, go to MississippiSeaWolves.com. That's MississippiSeaWolves.com. The
5: Mississippi Sea Wolves. Join the Wolf Pack.